episode 311 a band that people probably think i like but in fact i hate <laughs> welcome to game face the flagship show for sifted here at twitch.tv slash sifted games alongside me to talk about whatever happened in video games this week is matt kyle not a lot <laughs> It has not been a lot. Uh, let's see. Before we get on with the show proper, there's definitely some housekeeping stuff that I want to get to first. Um, let's see. Matt, Midnight Suns was delayed to 2023. Yep. <laughs> what the hell? This is insane. I have never seen anything like this in my life, Matt. Just one game after another. The funny part was I have this vacation planned for Greece in like the middle of October. And we were like, oh, well the one game I'm gonna miss is Midnight Suns and then- Midnight Suns decided he <laughs> couldn't miss you, so. What the hell? I, I can't imagine, it's funny to me that Midnight Suns was delayed, but Gotham Knights was not delayed. Well, from what I understand, Gotham Knights is coming out whether it's done or Hell not. or high water. Yeah, yeah, Gotham Knights and that Harry Potter game apparently have to come out this year no matter what. You were talking before we went live about a media company that you feel like is intentionally tanking in order to become more viable for mm -hmm. acquisition. You think a little bit of that has happened in the games industry right now with maybe Ubisoft and Warner Brothers? No, I mean, I think Warner Brothers is making such stupid decisions right now overall that it feels like they must be doing, you know, even John Oliver commented that it feels like you're... Feels like you're 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 burning the house down to, for the insurance money. Um, <laughs> the good analogy. But uh, I don't know. Like, um, uh, I mean, in this case, like, I'm sure it's a legitimate delay. Like, it's just usually it doesn't matter that much because there's like twice as many games on the schedule and you don't notice one or two mm -hmm. dropping out. Yep. But now, I mean, look, the fact that we're that excited about Midnight Suns, <laughs> which look, shows you where we're at. Yeah. Which I mean, look, I I like that sub-brand i like all those characters but like the idea that everybody's all disappointed that a x-com alike from a, with midnight suns is like that's that's bizarre both a, a, a testament to how much po more popular marvel is in general now but also there's not a whole lot else to look forward to yeah um there's like threads on twitter right now where people are just like Am I excited about Saints Row? I don't know. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I guess so, but I don't think I would be if there was something else to play. But there's nothing else to play. Like, it's a whole thing, right? It's a the, like the whole all of Q3 and Q4 are just going to be a mood, I think, and not a good mood, no. in my opinion. I mean, you got, you got God of War. <laughs> God of War is in there. Pokemon's in there. There's some stuff in there, but it's going to be. I hope you got a secondary hobby. Yeah, I think. you're not going to be able to dri be driven in entertainment wise by gaming. No. In the rest you're of this gonna, year. You're going to have to uh, you have to watch some TV. Well, the new Game of Thrones spinoff launches soon. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm trying to think of stuff that's going to launch. You got Sandman to watch. Everybody yeah. should see Sandman. Everyone seems to love that. Yep. Um, so that's a little disappointing. That's one other big game. You got that... a big Star Wars show. You got Andor. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. a big 12-episode show. Mm -hmm. there's, some, yeah. there's some stuff to watch, but yeah. there's not, not as much to play as you might hope. As there should be, honestly, at this point. Well, I think we're, as we've said before, I think this is just the shockwave from 2020, basically. We're finally paying the price, yep. Uh, a crazy thing was uncovered this week, Matt. They found a multiplayer mode in Super mm -hmm. Punch-Out. 
It's always weird when one of these old things has more in it. A Super Nintendo game, they find, and it's crazy, it's not like it's hard to find, it's just a button code that you have to input. Mm-hmm. And in all these years, no one has ever found it. You can take control of the opponents in Super Punch-Out! Mm-hmm. One person plays as Little Mac, and the other person has complete control over the other boxer. And obviously, you have to watch it from the perspective of the single player, and I think they said that the button commands are kind of reversed. You're, you're actually like acting as if you are the bad guy and you're playing as if you're facing Little Mac. Mm-hmm. But still, that's insane. That's crazy that they there aren't many examples of this happening. With the ability to go into code and dissect code and reverse engineer code and all the stuff that they're doing with code these days that they had not found that in Super Punch-Out, that's insane. It blew my mind. Am I on an island here? Does that not strike you as insane? Not really. People find weird shit in old games all the time. Um, I'm trying to remember the last one, though. uh, I mean, people found stuff that was hidden in Goldeneye several years ago. And that's more recent, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's just one of those games you think would have been... You, you think every and you think anything that could possibly be done to Goldeneye had been done to Goldeneye yeah. because I had done played it. it for so long. <laughs> I had done um, it. Yeah. There was a thing a few like a year or two ago where uh, one of the developers of uh, Homefront was like, or the that you know the, the third home whatever that the last Homefront yeah. was was like oh or maybe it was the first I don't know which I don't remember which one but he's like yeah we hit a remake of Time Splitters in there <laughs> like you just got to do this code and you get it yeah. and everyone uh, people on on Twitter were like. Like lie, they were calling him a lie. He's like, uh, no, I'm not making that up. Like I'm, I put it there. Like yeah. I, I made that game. I was, I worked on that game. It's in there. I probably And so there it was. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and it happened to be the week that it, that that game was on sale for five bucks. Oh. Um. So <laughs> Perfect I timing. It. So I bought it, and there it was. It was, it, it was true. Um. Yeah. There's weird little things like that pop up. Yeah. And you got stuff that people just didn't know. You know, like. Mm. The fact that you can control the ducks and duck hunt is in the manual, but most people never looked at the manual. So a right. lot of times you tell someone, yeah, the second player can control the ducks and somebody loses their fucking mind. It's just crazy that there are probably, you know, 50 to 100 people that worked on yeah. Super Punch-Out. And no, none of them have ever divulged this information. A lot of them, like one thing you, you start to realize is like they don't realize anyone cares. Yeah, they just think that they're like, whatever. Like, Or they think someone found... Like, they don't pay attention. Like, yeah. Especially something back then. Like, how would you know no one found that? Right. Like, there's no internet to yeah. really... To, you know, that's other than like point. some BBSs and stuff. Like, it's just, you know, it's that's why some of that stuff, I think, is still somewhat... Because disco- a lot of that stuff gets discovered by people just kind of tearing the ROMs apart and looking through the code. Yeah. So, it's cool. It like, is cool. This is one of the coolest ones, I think. Being able to play is the antagonist from punch out that's awesome mm-hmm. um and then another little tidbit that we found out this week you guys know that netflix has been trying to dive into games and make games playable on the netflix service to offset some of the losses in revenue it's actually been bleeding subscribers pretty much every subscription service is bleeding subscribers right now so are we yes yeah, anyone who isn't disney plus is having a bad time and now again the choices being made with hbo max are just bad travesty a total just travesty. Astound, like pulling stuff that has never been released on physical media, so there's no way to watch those shows Ever. anymore. Yeah. Um, pulling, you know, basically say shutting narrative content down. Uh, it's uh, nobody knows what's going to happen to the Ghibli catalog in the West because HBO has HBO Max has those right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going to happen to um, you know the movies. You know, Warner Brothers movies aren't going to come to HBO Max after 45 days anymore, and there's no. It's time not even going to be given. called HBO Max, right? No, they're going to change gonna, the name of it to the, something else because the, the, the Discovery people are running that now. So it's, um, it's a huge mistake. 
at one point in, they, they did a put a slide up in the, one of their PowerPoint presentations and they're talking about like global global brands or whatever. And so, you know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Harry Potter, like, so, you know, pretty standard stuff. And then in the right nestled right in the middle, there is the 90 day fiance universe <laughs> universe. <laughs> That's hilarious. the 90FU, as we call it. And um <laughs> And I'm like, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's not a popular show, but you tell me that stands alongside Harry Potter and Superman. Right. Like you're putting that in the same line. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really? Like in the, like the wor- iconic worldwide brands, they had like Sex in the City and like sitting next to like Property Brothers. And it's this like, is really? Case where we're sitting Where's the here? Property Brothers two movies? Anyway, like here we are, two jabronis sitting here doing a, a gaming podcast. We're figuring out that this is a terrible idea. And that this is a huge mistake, and chances are it will end up being a huge mistake, and will turn out poorly. And we, and when it does, we'll sit here and wonder why two jamokes like us can figure it out, but the people there well, be, who are getting paid, God, well, because we don't stand to benefit financially money. from uh, Warner Brothers being sold to NBC Universal in about four years. Right. That's why. Yeah. Because bizarre. It's there, there's this. It really feels like they are priming that company to to be sold off for parts. Yeah. Um. And at this point, I don't know what else you can really do with with Warner Brothers or DC or any of that stuff. It's just, it's so horribly mismanaged from top to bottom. It's incredible. Like today, it came out that like so so speaking of Sandman. Uh, there's a thing called Vertigo, which was the imprint under DC Comics that, like, Sandman and a bunch of the more, you know, the more adult, like, gothic things mm-hmm. were published under for years. That's where Sandman and Hellblazer and Swamp Thing and all that stuff came from. Um, and for years, it was more of a creator-focused imprint. So, like, if you made a, an original comic for Vertigo, odds are they would let you keep the rights to that that created which is property. awesome and very rare yeah very rare, especially back in the 90s that was it was a revolutionary thing back then it was one of the in, one of the influences for image mm. uh and certainly one of the later influences for image where image stopped being about you know todd mcfarland and rob leefield's terrible comics and became like a creator focused like boutique you know you, you, some of the best comics of the last 20 years came out of image yeah you know? it's not just wild cats and young blood you know <laughs> but um the uh but so so it was the it was uh, vertigo's 25th anniversary in uh, 2018 and in 2017 uh, they announced oh we're going to do a big 25th anniversary big hardcover oversized book and there's going to be interviews with all the big creators and un- never, previously never seen unpublished art and unpublished scripts and we're going to kind of go over the history of the whole vertigo brand and like kind of everything that happened and all how the importance of it and stuff cool and then it's supposed to come out in 2018, which is the 25th anniversary, and it got delayed and delayed and delayed, and it fell out of 2018, which sucks when your 25th anniversary thing doesn't make it on the 25th <laughs> yeah, anniversary. Yeah, kind of defeats the point. And then in 2019, it was an, it was basically dropped, and and it turned out that base the the, uh, the story goes that the bosses, which was some, you know, there was always turnover there, the bosses basically saw this and realized that a they they were like, oh, what is this for this Vertigo thing, and they were upset that so much of the Vertigo stuff they were celebrating was not owned by DC. That they weren't going to make money off of it. So ultimately. they're like, we don't want it. So that, and that not only alert, they didn't really know what Vertigo was. So they, so there's a lot, there's belief and it's pretty well-founded to think that um, they, they then killed Vertigo as an imprint and started the black label imprint, which you Same may, thing, which you mainly know <laughs> as the first black label book is the one that showed Batman's dick. 
Oh. If you remember that scandal where like you could see right. Bruce Wayne's penis yeah, yeah. for like one in shadow for like two yeah. panels or something. That was the first black uh, label book. Trying to start and some... subsequent printings removed it and the digital version removed it. And I will note to you uh, to fit into the bad decision making thing. That's the only time I've ever heard a non-comic person refer to the DC black label books. Is the you should have called the second printing of that D- Batman's dick is in this one <laughs> like that is that is the whole that's the oh, only thing that ever got worth me. a lot of money now if you the, have the, the original one with that one, one yes that one is, yeah, is worth a lot of money it's the only black label book anyone cares about <laughs> um, so uh, re- really all the black label books should have Batman's dick in yeah, them yeah. is like that, that sh- that's your angle that's what yeah, you just said. that's the point so they killed the Vertigo 25th anniversary book and so it just never came out and it was re- it was learned this week that. They didn't just kill it. The 25th anniversary hardcover was printed, and they pulped all of the copies. They destroyed the whole print run <laughs> rather than sell it. They're such a disaster, what? Matt. I mean, I'll be honest what? with you. Like, I'm not even surprised because oh, no. it's, they just no. do this dumb crap over and over it's again. A, but it's just astounding. It's just <laughs> astounding. It's they like, just keep one up and and, the, and all you need to do is look across the street and see what Marvel's doing and be like, you know, Marvel's like. Oh, we're doing this, and then we got this coming out, and the Nova movie's coming, and we're going to do a multiverse saga, and we're going to tell you everything we're doing up to 2026, and you can bet your ass all those things are actually going to happen. Gonna happen. And yeah. over across, like, uh, yeah, the, the Batgirl movies, we're not putting it that sucks. out. We're, not we're just going to cancel that, and um, uh, please go see Shazam 2 instead of Avatar 2. <laughs> Good luck with everyone. that, too. Like, yeah. uh, now, what I think is going to happen is Shazam 2 is going to get pushed to where Aquaman 2 is right now. Aquaman 2 is going to get pushed to where Flash is. Because they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to cancel the Batgirl movie, but we're still very dedicated to releasing the movie that stars a possible felon. Right. Um, the guy who's on the run. Very weird. <laughs> yeah, like, so and as someone said on Twitter, it's like, that Flash movie must be real fucking good. <laughs> if they're like, yeah, we know all this shit's happening with Ezra Miller, but, like, you need to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, and the Batgirl movie reportedly is was canceled purely because the new bosses didn't think it was, quote, big enough. So it's not Which, as terrible as people are saying. No, supposedly it's pretty good. It got mm. the same audience score as Black Black Adam in test screenings. No. Um, which is still coming out. Um, but I can only assume it means that basically the threat in the in the movie is not world level and it doesn't end with a giant blue beam shooting into the sky. Right. Because um, that's the only way you know a movie is good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's uh, Warner Brothers is making a whole lot of weird moves. And I'm sure the next weird move we're all going to be sitting around puzzling out is why anyone thought Gotham Knights was a good idea to release right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, what spurred this this uh, tangent by Matt is that Netflix is doing something to differentiate its business that we also said right from the beginning probably wasn't a good idea. And this week, the data kind of bears that out. Less than 1% of Netflix users are actually playing the games on Netflix. Although, I'll say this. Part That's of actually more they, than I thought. Well, and part of it's got to be that they don't know they're there. <laughs> right. right. I didn't even know yeah. they were doing that. It is hard to tell. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, the, the stuff with like HBO Max and all that is is indicative of the fact that no one has figured out how to do a revenue stream out of streaming content once Netflix was no longer the only game in town. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus has more or less figured it out because Disney has that machine to, to feed it. Um, but no one else is making any money on this. Yeah. Like, it's not proving to be a useful model. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Disney screwed... I, I, I think it's very obvious at this point that Disney left money on the table by not releasing Prey in theaters. Yeah. Um, it's a huge, huge People hit. are loving it. People are loving it, talking about it. I'm I'm happy it turned out, not just because it's finally another... Uh, the second good Predator movie, mm-hmm. um, but it's directed by a friend of mine who I used to play D&D with. That's so awesome. Dan Trachtenberg making good over there. Um, after 10 Cloverfield Lane, his, his debut. Yeah. So I'm happy for, for Dan. Um, and like, 
it's but he should have gotten a theatrical release on that like that movie should have come out in theaters it's not, i haven't watched it yet but it, everyone seems to really like yeah, it yeah it's, it, like it's great and i i i do recommend uh re-watching it with the uh the the, the indigenous language dub mm-hmm. it's oh, great. I heard the cherokee dub yeah. right is what they're calling it. i've heard people saying that yep um, so anyway, that should, by the way, should be what they do with all those Fox monster movies from now on. Like just, I don't know, like just, uh, medieval samurai meet the alien <laughs> and are, are like, 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 uh, the Mongol hordes versus Robocop. I don't like, yeah, whatever I mean, you want to do. a little bit like that old Spike TV show, Deadliest Warrior. A little bit. Where they yeah. would just put like the Spartan against like the Comanche. Yeah, that, like, but that, but that should be like, that's the, that's the, the formula for Predator. Yeah. Like, Predator comes down and hunts things. Okay, well let's hunt see this. him hunt different things. Right. Let's yeah. see him hunt, you know, cavemen. Let's yeah. see him hunt like knights. Let's see him hunt samurai. Let's see, you know, <laughs> it could work. Like that's a more interesting approach. It is. And you and it you. Is. But the thing is, you do it like super historically accurate. Like you do it yeah, like yeah. with a lot of respect for the culture. You get, you know, if you do the samurai one, you get a Japanese director and writer, and yeah. you go do the research and you make it. Everything they only have swords. Everything should be historically accurate. Except the predator, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, but he transcends time. Yeah, yeah, he's an alien. Well, so. well except that in the in this one, he's they're clearly not as technologically advanced as the one that we saw in the Arnold movie. Mm. Like they like their tech is is advanced more primitive than too. So he, it's more of an even fight. He's, I mean, they're they're obviously more advanced than human tech, but like because well, they can they can still close, right, they're spacefaring right? animal. Yeah, they're yeah. spacefaring creatures, right. right? But but like it's it's still not a fair fight, right? Yeah. It's still a tense thing, but. Like, it's not, you know, he doesn't show up with a plasma caster blowing the whole forest up like he did in the original Predator. It's more interesting. Um, and is that because the tech isn't advanced or because, uh, you know, uh, that he wanted to play fair? Because there's that sort of honorable hunter thing that they do sometimes. I don't know. It's a very interesting movie. I wish they'd gotten to do the thing they originally wanted to do, which was um, that none of the marketing would indicate it was Predator mm-hmm. until it came out. The only thing that would indicate it was Predator is the font. And they did use the font. And, like, you basically know it was, like, people running from something in the forest. But, like, it was, like, what is it? And you go see it, and you're like, oh, my God, it's the Predator. Which would have been awesome, but you just can't do that in in modern marketing. You can't can't leave, you know, what most people consider the reason to watch that movie on the table like that. Yeah. So, if you're wondering what's going on in the gaming industry, this is pretty much it. We just yeah, talked about we're talking about movies, <laughs> movies and TV shows for the first 20 minutes of Game Face. Everybody's watching movies and waiting for the last episode of Better Call Saul. That's what the gaming industry is this week. <laughs> pretty much, um, we're right in the middle of Hot Boy Summer, and Matt and I obviously are huge proponents of Hot Boy Summer, and we are propelling it forward mm-hmm. into the stratosphere. So we turn the air conditioning off periodically every day. Yeah, we don't have, we don't have time to play very games. Very hot. Very hot. We're too busy perpetuating. Hot boy summer. Into you know, I, I've come to realize that I don't think that's actually referring to temperature. Yeah, it does not, in fact, mm. refer to temperature. <laughs> Might have been doing hot boy summer wrong. Yep. <laughs> Believe it or not, we actually do have a full show of gaming discussion for you guys today. We ended the show a little early last week, but I think we're going to get all the way out to the full three hours today. Um, and with that, let's just kick things off. Let's start talking about some stuff, Matt. Biggest story of the week, undoubtedly, was a Pokemon Presents from Nintendo and Game Freak showing off not just Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is the next mainline Pokemon game, which is coming out on, is it November? I got it here somewhere. It is November 18th, so mm. not too much longer to wait, right there in the uh, 
in a sweet spot of Q4. I mean, that's three months. Anything can happen in three months. Yeah, as we found. It could get delayed out of the year before that. Although I kind of doubt it, based upon what they showed in this Pokemon Presents. It's basically the Nintendo Direct for Pokemon, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it. Uh, there is other Pokemon stuff in there as well. They talked about Pokemon Go and some other stuff, but... Mm. For our purposes, what people really want to know about is the next generation of no, no Arceus DLC. Was there Arceus DLC? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I didn't watch it. I didn't. I, <laughs> I actually. There's don't a point remember. at which I'm like, yes, a new Pokemon. I don't need to watch 30 minutes of this. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll see it when I see it. Well, they gave us a ton of information on Pokemon um, Violet, and um, I was always kind. Of, I was actually kind of wondering, Matt, was it actually going to be? A leap forward from the pseudo open world of Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh no, it was never going to be that. And you're right, it's not. <laughs> it's really not. I don't know. I don't know how you could doubt that. Partly because of the lag time, like Arceus wasn't going to be done in time for this to follow its lead. It's too close together. It is still in mostly an open world, so that part of Arceus has carried over. But a lot of the things that we really liked about Arceus, how you could just battle Pokemon on the fly out in the open world appears to have been pulled back a little bit for this. Why do you think that's the case, Matt? Do you think they not they do not want to move mainline Pokemon forward as much as... Oh, that, that's... Is that the, per, the point of I Legends? Don't, I don't... Yeah, the Legends is what's going to do that stuff, not the mainline. The mainline will never go that way because that's not what the mainline is. Also, why do they have wheels? Well, um, because you, there's... It, depending on the version that you buy, you get a legendary Pokemon and they become your mount. And right, they, they but, work in... Every environment, but they have wheels. They have Anim wheels. Animals don't have wheels. <laughs> like I, uh, Pokemon, gone a lot of weird semantics, places, Matt. We're, we're out in Digimon world here, <laughs> which I did not play. Yeah, I didn't either. Actually, Digimon's I couldn't. Or... I couldn't bring myself to do it. I would are... have, but I ain't spending sixty bucks on that. I'm sorry, your Digimon game was disappointing, but like that's not a scandal. That's just life. I mean, honestly, the reviews for it are abysmal. And yeah. I don't know that there's a point in us discussing it because the word's out and people are just staying away from it in generally. So I'm just having trouble. And look, as someone who likes a lot of dumb childish things, uh, I'm having trouble understanding how someone could have expectations of a Digimon game to the point that they would be that upset about anything. Yeah. So it's um, kind of crazy where to the point with mainline Pokemon where they have to choose colors like Scarlet and Violet because that's just after gonna like get real. nine generations. Once we're down to Pokemon Plaid and Puce, it's going to get a little <laughs> awkward, I think. But. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Ethan says Arce Arceus combat wasn't great. It was punishment for failure in Arceus. I disagree with that. I, I, I've liked almost everything about Arceus better than the mainline Pokemon games. But we, dig we digress. They yeah. did. Uh, I liked it. I, I, don't, I don't like it better than the main series, probably. I think the formula more or less works. I, I think it needs to have a little more, you know, kind of what they're doing here feels, feels about right. Because they're never going to go full Arceus. Um I don't think ever. I think eventually they will. No, they never will. Hmm. The, 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 the series will always remain a turn-based sort of... RPG? Like, RPG like that. The, you, that's what Legends is for, is to do the other, the more action-oriented one without interfering with the main series. Well, I'm glad they launched Arceus, because I'll be honest with you, Matt, my love for Pokemans has really diminished over the last couple entries. Um... The last one was the first one I haven't finished in my life, Matt. Mm. Where does this take place? It takes place in Paldia. Um, where is, what is that? Where people? Let me let me tell you, Matt. Where people and Pokemon live together. It's the largest city. The largest city in the region, Mesagoza, is where players will find either Naranja Academy or Uva Academy, depending on the version of the game that you buy. 
Um, in Scarlet and Violet, the name of the school, its emblem, and its uniforms and other details will differ depending on which version of the game you're playing. So all right, that's... But, right, but which which real-world place is it replicating? Because there's always a real-world equivalent. I can't tell. I'll be honest with you. Looking at tons of footage of this game, I cannot tell what it's trying to emulate. Hmm. You're right, though. Like, normally, there's a, re- a, a real region in the U.S. Yeah. or in the world where you can oh, figure out... Spain. Spain? There's a map on the on her wall. And what did it say? It didn't say anything, but it's shaped like Spain. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. That's my guess. <laughs> All right. And Eth even says it's Spain, based on Barcelona. Oh, okay. Very Gooster says based on Barcelona. Uh, so there you go. Um, po- your Pokedex will be loaded on what they're calling the Rotom Phone. And there's an app on there that lets you check out all the Pokemon that you've collected. It includes the entire Paldia region and nearby towns, including Pokemon centers and wild Pokemon. So that's kind of cool. The map will show you where wild Pokemon are. That's a huge advantage. Was mm-hmm. that in a prior Pokemon? I don't think it has, um, ever has been. I can't remember. Not to the best of my memory, it's never been a part of it. So that's huge. I can't remember. Well, the last one was Sword and Shield, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. Very well. I played that game for like thirty hours, and I barely remember any of them. I did. I never finished it. I never got to the. I got close. I think I, I got spent, all the badges, but I don't think I went. I got all the gym badges, but I don't think I then finished me the thing. Yep. I think I got right to the end and never made it across the finish line. That guy was disturbingly realistic looking. Was like, <laughs> the guy with the, with the with the stubble. Like I was yeah. like, oh, what the? Yeah. What's um, Matthew Fox circa nineteen ninety five doing in this game? Um, Vincent says you can always learn what area Pokemon are found in, going back to red and blue. Yeah, maybe. I think this is a little more specific, though, because Nintendo mentioned this feature specifically in the press release that it mm-hmm. sent out for the game. So I think it is going a step further than what we've seen in other Pokemon games. Um, let's see. Terrastral, and they, they use a verbiage with this game. It's, it's kind of hard to pronounce at times. Terrastral phenom- Phenomenon is found only in the Paldia region. It makes Pokemon shine and glimmer like a gem. When a Pokemon terastalizes, a Terra Jewel appears above the Pokemon's head like a crown, and the Pokemon's body glistens like a cut gemstone. All the Pokemon in Paldia can terrestalize to gain special powers and terrestalization allows players to enhance their battle strategies by increasing the power of any moves that have the same type as their pokemon's terra type it's getting really really complicated for example like you can get a normal eevee um which can change into a grass or a water type after terrestalizing so basically you can give them elements of it's kind of a little bit like xenoblade chronicles 3 honestly in that like the classes you can kind of borrow elements from other classes if you want to using the terrestrializing mechanic uh, there are 18 different types which means there are countless combinations of pokemon and terra types players can terrestrialize a pokemon once per battle and the transformation lasts until the battle ends and then you have to do it all over again so it's not like a permanent change to your pokemon which sounds like it could become annoying if you have to do that a lot, like before every battle, depending on the Pokemon you're facing. I doubt that'll be the case, but you never know. Um, players will need a Terra Orb to terrestrialize a Pokemon, which will need to be recharged after each use, and you can do that back at the Pokemon Center if you want to. Um, Terra Raid Battles are back, which was a part of Sword and Shield, which was where you joined up with other players to cooperatively take on like gigantic Pokemon. Um, I didn't do that a ton with Sword and Shield. No. I think I did it like maybe for an hour just to check it out so we could talk about it on Game Face. It didn't end up becoming a feature that I really liked, but it seemed like 
other people did really like it and people were like teaming up to go online and battle specific Pokemon. It never really caught on with me like it did for other people. Um, but you're going to be basically in that mode now. You'll be taking on the Terrastalized Wild Pokemon. Uh, trainers can find other players to participate in the Terra Raid Battle option. Um, and you can choose to recruit allies or join someone else's raid. So there's like matchmaking in it, which is a huge boon for people who don't have a lot of friends on Nintendo Switch Online. Um, if you want to have a battle together with friends that you already know, you need to set a link code, which is very typical for a Switch Online environment. Um, the battle system has a time limit and allows players to continue attacking seamlessly without having to wait for other trainers to choose their actions. So basically you can just unload as you want. You have to wait your turn as you would expect from uh, turn-based RPGs. And then players can trade and battle with other trainers all over the world by using a feature called the Poke Portal. Again, we're familiar with that. You also trade Pokemon in the Poke, por the Poke Portal. Uh, a link trade lets players trade with a specific person. Uh, with a surprise trade, after choosing a Pokemon to trade, players will be able to trade with a random trainer somewhere in the world. So you basically just throw whatever Pokemon you want out there, and then it'll randomize and find you a Pokemon in return from somebody else who was just tossing a Pokemon onto the pile. That could provide some surprises, hopefully pleasant surprises. Uh, then there's the new Union Circle feature that's added to the Poke Portal, where players and up to three friends can adventure together in the same space. I am not sure what that means i'm not sure if that means you can play the campaign cooperatively or if I, it's it, i'm gonna guess you can just wander around in the same zone yeah together and see each you can other. just see each other i guess yeah. but you play by yourself you think i imagine you don't share progress yeah yeah um so that could be cool even though it's doesn't sound like it's all that functional and then of course as usual if you're just running around looking for shinies or something it's at least yeah. something to do with other people Yeah, that's true that's a good point um then there are new regional Pokemon found across both Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, but also different species of Pokemon will appear depending on which game the player purchases. Again, all par for the course with Pokemon in the past. Um, players will meet a legendary Pokemon, either Coraidon or Meraden, and it will join them on their journey as a partner. So that's what we were seeing earlier with the mounts. These Pokemon can change their forms to better suit what they're doing or what terrain they're traveling over. We saw that already. They can go over water. They have wheels. They can ride across land quickly. I have a lot of problems with that. Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, the the, one, the Pokemon that's made out of bread is pretty weird to begin with, but now you got to turn it into a motorcycle? I don't know, man. That's You're crossing a line there. I can't quite tell you yeah. what line that is, but you're crossing a line. Yeah. You're running out of ideas. Like, <laughs> Um, there's both a sprinting build and a drive mode. Players can ride sprinting build Coraidon or drive mode Moraidon, making it easier to traverse the expansive Paldea region more freely. I mean, faster travel is good, but I don't know if you need the, you know, I think the bicycle was fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, then there's a swimming build. I never wish the bicycle was a Pokemon. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's coming. If only my bicycle had a face on it, this would be a better game. <laughs> be a rare character from a rare game. Um, and then there's a swimming build and aquatic mode. So it seems like the one legendary uses builds and the other one uses modes, which I don't know why they would do that, but okay. Um, and then there's a gliding build and a glide mode as well. So you can both, uh, both uh, inversions you can fly across the land if you want to. Basically just giving you new ways to traverse across the now open world of Pokemon. How is this all sounding to you, Matt? Sounds like Pokemon. Yeah. So Are you disappointed the that there aren't more changes? No. No? I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'll play it. You're happy to just keep playing the same thing in perpetuity? 
I mean, I don't expect them to do anything else. Like, that's what it's going to be the same game with a weird couple of new systems grafted onto it that are probably not going to stick around for the next game. And that's that. Yeah. That's Pokemon. Yeah. I mean, that's not just Pokemon. A lot of franchises. A lot of franchises. But let's be in honest. terms of, like, Nintendo stuff, this is one of the few Nintendo franchises that, like, they don't do the thing where it's like, oh, you got to come up with a new weird way to twist this around so it's not the game everybody loved if you want to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, Pokemon just churns them out. And there's something to be said for that. Uh, certainly they do fine monetarily every time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't I don't care about them all that much, but I also don't dislike them. Like, I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll play them. They're fine. I mean, I'll say this. I have never... They sell like crazy. Somebody likes them. I've not been this unexcited for a new mainline Pokemon ever. I mean, I can't remember the last time I was excited for a Pokemon game. That goes back. I mean, I was excited to play Sword and Shield because mm. it was the first one that had like a pseudo open world. Yeah, it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, they've always been pretty much the same that way. You walk around kind of a bigger area and then you get to a town and there's another area. Like, that's just that's just what they are. But the, there was the online stuff in Sword and Shield that was all brand new. And that was if a big deal. I didn't end up playing it all that much, but mm. a lot of people did. Like, it was online stuff in the older games. Like, I didn't use that, using that either. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the the cooperative stuff where you go in and battle gigantic yeah. Pokemon with the. I, I know I, we didn't get into it, but a lot of people did, and it was a new feature. And I don't feel like this new one, Scarlet and Violet, has a hook like that. I don't see anything about well, it. The hook is that it's Pokemon. That's it. Right, but my maybe, point maybe is, Sword and Shield did have another hook other than it's Pokemon, and this one does not. So, well, the hook is that it's Pokemon, and that's all you need. Everything else is frosting, like the. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they've streamlined or, or refined whatever the online thing is and the team thing is. I mean, you know, there's, there's probably progression there. I always say execution is more important than innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a good game. It matters more than having a bunch of new ideas in it. They're only half-baked. Um, like that Doe Pokemon. Um, I don't know. It'll be fine. It's going to it's gonna be a Pokemon game. It's going to be for fine. Me, for me personally, the Legends franchise has become the new Pokemon. No, I wouldn't call Legends a franchise yet. You don't think they'll make another one? They might, but they haven't yet. So call me when the second one's out, and then we'll. Call I, it a I think it will be a franchise. I would think so. Otherwise, they wouldn't call it something different. But you know, they've abandoned things like that before. To um, me, that's what's exciting about, about Pokemon now. It's not the mainline games. I mean, there wasn't much exciting about Arceus either. Like Arceus was not particularly compelling to me beyond the first twenty hours or so either. Hmm. So neither neither Arceus nor a mainline Pokemon game is going to hold my attention for the whole run. I don't. It think. might this time because we're not going to have a whole lot else to play come November eighteenth. Yeah, God of War will be there. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, they come out basically a week from each other, mm-hmm. and then there's Call of Duty. It'll be the last one for two years because there's not one next year. Um, so it may be a bigger deal this year than normal, but and then, uh, the Callisto Protocol, if you believe some some some. We'll things. see about that one. I'm not 100 percent sure that that's going to make it. Honestly, um, has this changed your anticipation for the game at all? This new information from the Pokemon Presents. Is there anything in it that no. you're like, oh, okay, that's that's a reason to buy another Pokemon game? No, it is it is Pokemon. You know if you're buying it or not. Yeah. What's not, you know what you know nothing stops this train like that's that it's you're either on it or you're not. Yeah, Kevin Rothoff also brings up the Sword and Shield was the first one built just for Switch, mm. which had maybe a little bit of a hook to it, but um, still waiting. What's that? What's that? Was a Korean a Korean game that was like on PC that was like doing all the it was like a Pokemon, but like oh um it, it was doing a bunch of stuff that basically Pokemon could have probably done like 15 years ago, but didn't. Yes, it ends with an I. The name of it does. It yeah. has an I on the end. I can't remember. Did what it ever come now. out? Was that yeah. a thing? Oh, yeah. Huh? yeah. It's been huge. All right. Yeah. Somebody Tem-tem. else in chat. That's it. Temtem. Yeah, I didn't have the eye, actually. Temtem. But yeah, that came out as huge. 
It's made shit tons of money. Like, eating Game Freak's lunch a little bit. It's made so much money. So, I think the fans are ready for the franchise. Oh, uh, maybe. I think Vincent's has what Doke V. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, is that that's the one you're thinking out. of? That's not out. That does have an eye at the end. Temtem is the is the more old school Pokemon clone. Yeah. Doke no, it's v, in an open world though. Yeah, but Doke V is like full 3D, like whole like it looks mm-hmm. like like a like oh, like this is what Pokemon could have been if they'd moved it forward in a timely manner and not kept it on handheld so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing too. Because they are they are behind the times yeah. with most of this. Like it's you know, it just doesn't matter. I mean, look at Pokemon. the graphics in this. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> They're not what we expect in 2022 from it. Yeah, I mean, they they look they look fine, but that's about as far as it goes. Um, but again, like they could have been at this point ten years ago. Yep, very um, easily. If Nintendo hadn't dragged its feet with hardware for the last decade. Yeah, I mean, or, we're still I mean, basically playing on GameCube hardware after yeah. all this time. I think more of it is because they were t- they had it on handheld so long. Yeah, you know? like they just didn't. That was where the bread and butter were, and that's. What's going to continue to happen? Well, they needed to drive hardware sales for their handhelds, too, back then. And Pokemon drove hardware sales. So they don't have to worry about it now. They're unified. they got one platform. And I'm assuming that's going to be the case in perpetuity. Um, so, you know, it has made a huge difference for Switch. The software lineup for Switch, there has been very few holes. Every quarter, there's some big exclusive coming out for Switch. Because, again, they've unified their development pipeline and they're making all games for one platform now instead of two it's made a world of difference for nintendo so um yeah this uh this pokemon presents really did very little for me as far as my hype level for pokemon violet and scarlet um i just can't find a hook in this game that's made me excited about it they did introduce like some characters in this as well and i didn't really find any of them all that compelling um i think one of the the first gym leader is like an extreme sports dude (laughs) just interesting um but otherwise yeah it didn't show me a whole lot and honestly it showed me nothing that made me feel like it's more advanced than pokemon legends so i mean that's the other problem they have now is they have this other franchise that people are going to compare to the mainline pokemon i am relatively certain that most hardcore pokemon fans are not going to remotely consider arceus on par with any of the with the main series really not at all because that's insane, don't. because everything about it is, is advanced over the mainline Pokemon games. The visuals, uh, everything. Advanced is subjective. Uh, there are people who believe that the heart of Pokemon is the strategy and the intricacy of the battles, and that Arceus jettisons some of that for the sake of having more ease of play and kind of battles more immediate Battles are pretty stuff. much the same. Uh, they don't go as far once you get into the high-level stuff. Oh. Um, and that's what people want to do with, and d- really dig into this stuff, and that's what the main line gives you. Arceus mm-hmm. is never quite going to get there. I think that that's a very small segment of the people who actually play Pokemon, though. It is, but that is the core of the audience. That's mm-hmm. the that's the people they cater to and the people who play it the most mm-hmm. and the people that you need the word of mouth. Competitive and all that stuff. Yeah, Esports. That's the community. Yeah. So. You know, you got to keep the people who like Street Fighter happy when you make Street Fighter 6, even if you want it to be bigger than that. Well, look, I'm glad that there's two franchises now. One for those people and one for people like me who are ready for something new and different. So um, it's hard to complain, honestly. I may not like this as much as I liked Arceus, but at least the people who do prefer this style of Pokemon games will like it more than I do. And everyone's going to be happy at the end of the day. And it does sound like, too, now we'll get a Pokemon game every two years instead of having to wait as long as we have had to in the past for the mainline Pokemon games to be released. So um, a better cadence, a variance between the two mm. franchises, I think that's all good. Yeah. You agree? I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> they make another Legends. We'll see. Yeah, I think they will. It's sold very, very well, and it's still sell- selling very, very well. So mm. um, I think that's 
95% that they'll make another one. At least I hope so, because I really, really liked it. Um, interested what chat thinks, though. If you guys are more about the old school way uh, that Game Freak has made Pokemon games, or if you guys liked Arceus more like me, um, let's see what you guys are saying. Also, maybe I can take a minute here to thank people who have given us Twitch Prime in the early going of the show. Um, AJ the Legend Watson, thank you for the tier one subs. That's awesome. Always show up at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. You're going to get something free if you just hang out in our chat long enough. Uh, I, I know for sure somebody did Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show, and I didn't thank them. So I apologize for scrolling all the way back up and looking at this stuff. But um, Oh, it's gone. Oh, it cut off before I could get back. Well, if you did give us Twitch Prime at the beginning of the show, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry I couldn't uh, call you that out. That was Aussie uh, Brit. Aussie Brit. 2000. 2000. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And Toast9. Thank you, Toast9. Longtime sifter. And that's as far as my scroll goes. Okay. Um, Time Zini. Bring in something new to Pokemon releases. Ubisoft's Towers. I don't know what that means. Like like um, taking over encampments and then like revealing new portions of the map. Yeah, climbing a thing and seeing the map. That means I have to put climbing in Pokemon. <laughs> Um, Vincent says Callisto Protocol is confirmed for this year. So. Yeah, I mean, they say that's that's the release date. Oh, Vincent also brings up Sonic Frontiers will also be coming yeah. out. <laughs> um, Vincent says Temtem fully launches next month. It's been out for like two years. I mean, early access. I'm not even exaggerating. People have spent Baldur, a lot Baldur's of money Gate in that 3 already. 3 is going to have been in early access for two and a half years by the time it goes 1.0. Like, early access stuff lasts a long time for some of these games. Yeah. Um, Schneeky says, my issue is I'd play this if it was 20 euro, but not 60 euro. I don't see the value to justify that price. I mean, these games are long, like... And they're never going to be 20 euro, so... Yeah. Uh, people saying that they didn't like Arceus that much. Erebus said Legends wasn't very good. Eric Cartmenez says Arceus wasn't great in my opinion. Um... Um... Never made another Let's Go. That's a good point. We'll see if Gen 10 is another step towards Legends. Never made another Let's Go. Yeah. It was too bad. I like that one, too. Gohan Rage. Thank you for Twitch Prime. He figured it out. He's like, oh, here's my chance. Um, Erebus again saying he didn't like Arceus. Um, a question from AJ the Legend. Do you foresee any period where Pokemon will fade away or will always be around in some form? Yeah, it's never going away. <laughs> it's I mean, never going away. Never it's, a, it's a money tree. Never say never, but it's hard to see, you know, I mean, maybe a hundred years from now. Yeah, the end of Pokemon is the end of civilization. Pretty much. Like, like, if the world ended, sure. It's like saying, it's like, is Mario going to be around? You know, there's some characters yeah. that are all going to be around in some form. Yeah. I mean, it would take something catastrophic for Pokemon. Yeah, I don't know what would have to happen for there not to be any nostalgia for Pikachu. Right. Um, you'd have to not have any Pikachu content for like 20 years. My nieces and nephews, they love Pokemon just as much as the kids did 20 years ago. Like, it's... Yeah. It's a thing that kids love, and they're always going to love it. There's just something intrinsic about the collecting of little creatures that kids are always going to like. Um, so, yeah, I think its its lifespan is immeasurable, infinite, mm -hmm. infinite, in all honesty. Um, one Super Master Gamer never got into Pokemon. That's a rare player right there. They never, ever got into Pokemon. It depends how old you are. Yeah, or what consoles you owned, or if you never got handheld. We are unusual in being as old as we are and having played all the Pokemon stuff. It's true. Yep. I mean, I was 22 when that first one came out. Yeah, we were already almost adult, basically yeah. adults by the first by the time the first Pokemon came out. 
Yeah, I'd already graduated college and like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Right around the time I graduated college, it came out. So, um, yeah, that was the year I graduated college. Gohan says, I never played a Pokemon game, but I watched the anime series. Gohan, I cannot believe you've never played a Pokemon game. Hmm. That seems weird, but that's just the way it goes, I guess. Some people just weren't interested in it. And uh, 37, never Pokemon, Jose Holiday. Um, Eric Cartmenez, I was 27 when I got into Pokemon. Yeah. So maybe maybe we're we're wrong, and the, the sweet spot for people to get into Pokemon is their mid-20s, Matt. Oh, <laughs> um, not judging by the people in their 20s I know now. Yeah, me either, yeah. We're all playing Call Poke- of Duty. Pokemon Red and Blue were basically custom-made for when you were eight. Yep. And had nothing but time. Yeah, yeah that's true. Nothing but time and link cables in the playground. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there you go. That's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet again. That is coming out November 18th. It is a Switch exclusive, and there will be two versions. And depending on which version you buy, that's what Legendary you get, which changes your mount for the game. And obviously, as always, you get different Pokemon in each one. And if you want to get them all, you're going to have to trade with people who have the other version. All that stuff still applies in the latest Pokemon. And again, coming out November 18th. All right. Let's move on to something that Matt and I have n- that love talking about, and we have not been able to talk about it for several years now, and that is Evo. Um, both Matt and I are not huge esports guys. We don't sit at home on the weekends and watch League of Legends tournaments or Rainbow Six Siege tournaments or anything of that ilk, but every year, both of us make a point to watch Evo. And this year was no different for me. I watched probably... Now I'll say this, I've watched very little on Saturday. I watched a couple hours. I just kind of surfed around and checked out their different streams. And then on Sunday, I watched probably like five or six hours of it. Mm-hmm. And much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> she was she was <laughs> over it pretty quick, watching Evo on the main TV. But I was like, too bad. Like, this is the one esports thing I like to watch every year, and I'm going to watch it on my big TV. And I did. And it was amazing. Literally, maybe the best Evo ever, Matt. Well, I'm not going to go that far. But. I mean... All the grand finals matches were amazing. They're pretty good. Um, I I didn't hold my attention too much during Sunday, really. Really? Um, no, I, I I like some of it, but also part of my problem right now is I don't know a lot of the players anymore. Yeah. Like I a lot even of, in Street Fighter, there's yeah. a lot of turnover, all, a lot of new blood, which is good and expected. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the you know a lot of the excitement of the old Evos are because I knew the people playing and I was rooting for basically friends and acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's not really there anymore. Most of those people um, now get knocked out in the first. Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> like people were like shocked Daigo made it to the top sixteen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was cool to see. It's, it's, you know, I watched most of. Saturday. I didn't know it was happening until Saturday. One of really? my friends was in Vegas and texted me and was like, "It's like, it's like Evo this weekend." I'm like, "Is Evo this weekend?" He's like, <laughs> he's like, "I'm in Mandalay Bay and there's people with Evo badges." I'm like, "So I looked and like there it was." I didn't yeah. even know until Saturday. So I watched most most of Saturday and I had it on on Sunday, but also there were people over at times and like it was, I was distracted from things. I, watched- I don't think you're alone, Matt. Like normally we we curate this the live stream for Evo on Evo weekend and it gets. Tons of views, comments, one-ups. Not this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I could look at the view count for that page on our website, and it hardly did anything. Well, people didn't know. Like, I, I think people didn't realize it was it was happening that we I didn't. And, like, if I didn't, then I feel like you, you messaged poorly. So, by the um, way, Sony now owns Evo. This yeah. was the first I also, time. I also missed the Ocho. Oh, the Drives ESPN Ocho thing? Yeah, because they did it on the 5th instead of the 8th. It's supposed to be on the 8th. 8-8 eight, eight Ocho. That's why. That's the fucking joke, people. Yeah. I missed Corgi Racing because you changed it. I'm surprised the they, didn't start, they didn't put eSports on the Ocho. 
Yeah, that would have. I mean, I mean it kind of makes. To be sense. fair, they've tried that already. <laughs> Evo failed. used to be on ESPN. <laughs> a couple of years. Now, what happens with a lot of the esports tournaments for sports games is that they go like NHL goes on the NHL network. Like mm-hmm. Madden goes on the NFL network. Like they don't end up on like the major sports networks. They end up on like NBA TV for the NBA 2K tournaments. Like. They found homes there where there are much smaller audiences, obviously, than what you're going to get on ESPN or whatever. But it, the expectations are much lower on those networks. So they're okay with 100,000 people tuning in to watch. Whereas on ESPN, that's their yeah. lowest rated thing of the day. So um, they've kind of found a home. I don't know how lucrative it is for those tours. I don't know how much money those networks give them. Probably not a whole lot, honestly. Um, but Evo, still stream only. No TV network has picked up Evo still. I'm surprised by I that. I mean, they, ESPN did it for a couple of years. Yeah, but they only just for the, did Street for Fighter, though, right? They did the finals because it was partly yeah. sponsored by Capcom. Right. But and even, now this, and this year, it was interesting that Street Fighter was not the finale. Nope. The finale was Guilty Gear Strive. Well, I think what they figured which out... Which is more integrated with Sony. Mm-hmm. Brand-wise. So I think, though, what, I don't think that there was, like, something nefarious going on there. I think That's what, not nefarious. It's just who owns the fucking thing now. Like, well, you know. it's nefarious because when Sony bought the tournament, everyone was skeptical that they were going to start doing shady stuff with it. And so people are on guard watching I, for, like, are they going to prioritize what you just said? If they have a financial investment in a game, are they going to prioritize that game? Now, I don't believe that Sony did that because they have a financial interest in the game. I think... They figured out that Street Fighter is the biggest game, and they put it on in primetime. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this other game can come afterwards, and the diehards will well, stick around and watch. Yeah, except that you know, Street Fighter was uh, in primetime in the sense that the stream got delayed, I guess. I mean, because that is... Like, but that, it depends what you want. Like, People will stay up late to watch Street Fighter. Not as many people stayed up late to watch Guilty Gear. They should have. Um, because I'll say this. like, We, we never covered Guilty Gear Strive on Game Face. For mm-hmm. whatever reason... It slipped through the cracks, like, didn't think it was worth it. I regret that now. Watching pro players play that game, that game looks amazing. Yeah, it's very pretty. Wow. Like, I was blown away watching the pros play that game. I have a new appreciation for that game. I want to download it and start playing it. Um, Because I also learned a lot about the strategy behind the game because the announcers were also great at EVO 22. Yeah, the announcers are always good. I I was pretty happy with their choices of announcers. I liked that... um a lot of the King of Fighters announcers were Mexican. Oh, which really? Is, which is good because King of Fighters is huge in Mexico. It's huge, it's yeah. Like, it's like the official fighting game of Mexico. Yeah. It got big there back when it first came out, and it's just like, that's that's Mexico's favorite fighting game. Even Japanese players are a little nervous when they play Mexican King of, Fighter player, King of Fighters players. And they finally started bringing some of that community up up north and and doing some of that at the at the big events and like that's good to see this whole of, thing felt way more international cool. to me oh yeah yeah they, they did a good job with that you can see right there there's a player from saudi arabia there's another mm-hmm. player who played in the grand finals from pakistan khan mm-hmm. yep khan um khan versus knee i think it was yeah, yeah. for tekken right is yeah. that right yeah um the presentation and the production of it i think the best that they've ever had like in prior years, I would have problems following like the graphics and the scoring because they, the way they did the scoring graphically, it it was just weird. This time they actually would forget sometimes to update like who had won the last round. But I knew where everything was and I knew where to look as far as like where the scoring and stuff was. I could follow the matches much easier than in, in prior years. Um, I love the way that they've they like that thing that they do there where they bring their two faces together like it's a fighting game before each round and then they split apart and reveal the game. 
Um, I thought the camera work was better. I thought the crowd shots were better. I thought the announcers were as good as ever. Um, Overall, what I'm getting at is I feel like Sony did a pretty great job with Evo 22. Yeah, well, from what I understand, Sony wasn't really calling shots here. It was just they let the event organizers do it. Well, that's a thing, though. Allowing the people who know what they're doing to do it. They did have way better transitions this year, though, so maybe there was some money there. Yeah. Um, It's very easy to meddle. It's hard to It's hard to tell, like... Um, and also, from what I understand, they don't outright own it. There's just like controlling interest in mm-hmm. play. Also, because it's probably you know, it's probably notable that like yeah, the Sony's Sony's was sponsoring it in in the sense of like there were a lot of ads for their what is it Insight monitors, mm-hmm. and that, but they were using Alienware right. on the stage. Yeah, like, yeah. It was Alienware and Vertigear all the way. They weren't using Sony headsets either. They're all no. using Astro headsets. Yeah. There's, there's some things you just cannot fight. Yeah. So. Because Sony um, has their headsets are pretty good. Yeah, but like, and I'm being part of my just but been like Astro part of my might have been that Sony wasn't willing to provide them enough, you know, yeah. the, the, enough copies of them. Possible because uh, they are kind of still getting started there. We'll but see what Astro happens is next the year. industry standard. Players are going to want to use Astros, yeah. and so they didn't meddle there yeah. and, and force their I products. Think, I think a lot of those are the, their own personal headphones as well. Like they have Evo tags on them. Yeah, but some people bring their own, mm. and everybody's got their own way to be comfortable. Yeah, you, know, you bring your own controller. Bring your own. Yeah, you know, one of the guys. Fight stick. One of the guys uh, in the finals is using a hitbox, which I haven't seen in a while. Um, I've never been able to play with a hitbox. Veritas, I just got back from Evo. It was the best one since they've moved to Mandalay Bay. Big words. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with it. I thought they did a great job. <laughs> I thought the matches were amazing. I was totally sucked into games that I don't even really care about. Yeah, Evo's good at that. Tekken Seven, Knee versus Khan, great grand finals. Street Fighter V, Kuwano versus Idom. Idom comes from the loser's bracket, comes to the grand finals match, and wins, basically sweeps the whole first set, which reset everything, and then it's winners take all. And then out of nowhere, it was mind-boggling how, how he went from getting his ass kicked to completely mm-hmm. turning it around the second set. That's the download. That's insane. Like, that, happen, that happens more than you'd think. Um, there were a lot of uh, resets uh, on that weekend for a lot of the games, uh, but like you did see that a lot. Like the, the 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 one who came out of winners would then suddenly sort of like adjust mm-hmm. to what the the because he, you know, as Alex Valle says, the first round is data, and sometimes the first round is the whole first set. Yeah. Um, but like that's the problem is like when you're coming out of losers, you, losers, you got to win two sets and. That first set, even if you do really well, is a lot of time for that winner, winner's bracket player to read you. Yeah. And a lot of times they do that. Yep. Um, yep. Kawano just mop, mopped the floor with IDOM mm-hmm. in the second set. Like, it was, it was a joke almost. Like, And the people that don't know as much or maybe don't play as much like will say, like, oh, it was a setup and they're trying to make right. it dramatic. And they're like, no, that sometimes it just takes that long to sort of understand what they're doing. Yeah. And, like develop the can and at a certain point like you're probably like you know halfway through that set and you're like down by two and you're like okay i get it but i'm not going to give away what i'm going to do in counter right now because i'm not i don't want to fight my claw my way back up through th- i'm just going to start over with the new set yeah and play you know get maybe get a little false there's a lot of mind games in play like people you know the execution of course is paramount and all that but like you are playing against another human being sitting next to you and yeah. there are things you can do to them mentally that you know there's a reason they call it mentally guard broken yeah um and that's one of the beauty you see players melt down oh, yeah. sometimes in these tournaments that's the, and that's the beauty yeah. of you know the old arcade the human element like there's yeah. a different thing 
playing shoulder to shoulder with somebody than playing online with somebody and like it's, it's never going to be the same well notice when they play shoulder to shoulder they're very much nicer to each other oh, yeah <laughs> It's funny how that works. When it's eye to eye, people suddenly aren't trolls. Mm. It's funny how it works out that way. Well, it's also interesting to me that, like, over, you know, certainly in the late 2000s and early 2010s, when, like, the scene was back and growing and Street Fighter 4 was the king and all that, you had some players who were, like, they kind of thought it was wrestling. Yeah. You know, they tried to be the heel. You know, PR Balrog. I I love PR Balrog uh, in person, but he he tried to kind of be the heel. And, like, Uh, you know, uh, Ricky Ortiz leaned into that sometimes. Yeah. and like that just didn't really last. Yeah. Like people don't want to be that way. And that's certainly the younger kids are all very from generally very good sports. They are, yeah. Um, there was some salt from punk at one point. Yeah. But uh, as someone pointed out, uh, if punk had won, his opponent would have done the same thing. Like there yeah, was yeah. gonna be salt out of that yeah. match no matter who won. But, I don't. yeah, very overall it's a very positive uh, community and everybody was kinda on their best behavior, I think, and it yeah. all looked good. Idom, devastated by the loss, but classy. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw his controller. Oh, he didn't no. storm off. He Nobody wants to be the next Gutex. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing the stick. But this was a great match. I also loved that he played with Colin, which is a character that like I never see anyone playing Colleen. with. Colin? Is that Colleen. how you say it? Colleen is how you say that? Yeah. Don't ask me why, but it is pronounced that is Colleen. That's bizarre. But that's not how they pronounce it during the broadcast either, for whatever reason. Yeah, they mispronounce some things. <laughs> but in but, the game, they call her Colleen. But I never see anyone play as her. And he wins Evo. Yeah. I've her. seen I've seen people play as her, but like the tech with her. I mean, look, it's been three years. Yeah. Since he, since the last Evo, a lot of stuff has changed in that game. Yeah, it's true. So yep. it was that was interesting because I don't I haven't kept up with Street Fighter Five too much, mm-hmm. and it was interesting to watch kind of the all the new. I'm like, oh, I've never seen anybody do that before. It's like yeah. there's a lot of that in, in the Street Fighter Five stuff. Um, yep. And, and then, then Guilty was, Gear Strive, uh, Umisha versus Slash. The, that was also amazing grand finals. Yeah, I didn't see too much of the Guilty Gear one. I thought it was great, just as good as Street Fighter, and it got me into the game, which maybe that's the whole point of all this. Yeah, that is, that is definitely the point. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Um, I'm going to buy the game and download it and start playing. Got me to download Grand Blue Fantasy Versus again. Oh, you are? Which I, well, I, I did. I, that was the grand finals for that were Saturday night, and I lo- downloaded it and played a little bit. Were those good? The grand finals for yeah, that? Yeah, they were good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt it, like all of them were. From what, the ones I saw were. I mean, yeah. I, again, I will always be a little bored watching Tekken. Um, but yeah. even then, like, there's a lot of stuff. The juggling there. gets old yeah. after a while. It's like, oh, somebody got knocked down. It means the match is over. It's Pretty much, like, yeah, so, yeah. It's just, and like, part of that for me is like, like, obviously, there's a lot of juggling in Virtual Fighter as well, and I like Virtual Fighter a lot. That's one, probably my favorite 3D fighting game. I just think it looks dumb in Tekken. I, th- I think I think Tekken's way of doing that animation-wise looks stupid. Yeah, and I don't think Virtual Fighters does for whatever reason. Well, um, I'd agree with you on that. But, but I'm uh, also a huge Virtua Fighter fanboy. Oh, yeah. But uh, that was cool. Like, there was some multiverses, like, exhibition yeah, stuff. Yeah, it did very well, to too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, By the way, 10 million people playing multiverses already. I think, That's I think they got a hit. I think you got a hit. Yep, absolutely. Warner Brothers did something right. Look at <laughs> Finally. that. What do you know? <laughs> um, but as you guys know, Evo isn't just about the competition. It's also an opportunity for the publishers to debut some of their big upcoming fighting games and Evo 2022 did not disappoint there either. Um, lots of big reveals. Probably the biggest, hmm, it's a, it's a tough one, but I would argue probably the biggest was Tekken 8. If it is Tekken 8. It mm-hmm. could be Tekken Tag Tournament, a new version of that, but I'm guessing it's Tekken 8. But they used the old clip from the very first Tekken mm-hmm. on PlayStation 
And then they cut to the. Have you seen this already? No. And then they do. Grin. <laughs> that is so great. His face right there is amazing. <laughs> I found ready. that so funny. It's like the goofiest, like, 90. Yeah, and just, just for reference. The Tekken one, see, they always look terrible. Yeah. Like even at the time, no one was. If you were impressed by that, you didn't know what you were looking at. Those, those are awful. Those are just awful. And this is it. It's just the scene of him dropping him off the cliff, and then the cut to one of the character models from Tekken Eight, and that's pretty much all they gave us. Mm-hmm. No release date, no platforms, anything like no, that. That's a long way. Just out. the first tease. When do you think we might? See I mean, Tekken we'll 8? probably see it next year, but I wouldn't. I would expect it's going to come out in twenty twenty four. Okay. Um, Street Fighter th- Street Fighter Six is twenty twenty three uh, owns twenty twenty three in the fighting game world. I'm sure Tekken wouldn't need to back down from Street Fighter. They're different, A different audience. Um, yeah. But I th- I feel like maybe late next year, but probably we see it next year and get it the year after. Okay. Um, and then for Street Fighter Six, as Matt just mentioned, they debuted a brand new character named Kimberly, mm-hmm. which. I like a lot. Yeah, she looks cool. Yeah, I'm Graf- down. Graffiti, graffiti artist disappears in a cloud of spray paint. Yeah, it's and I'll say this really too. leans into the art style of the whole game. Yeah, I'll say this too, Matt. Watching this trailer on my 4K TV gave me a new appreciation for how this game looks. Yeah, it looks pretty it looks hot, good. man. Like especially with her with the spray paint and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just nice to see a lot of color. Yeah, you know? yeah, the game's looking hot, man. And then they showed kind of a rework of Jury. Yeah. And um, she's obviously been a part of the franchise for a bit. But um, we got a new character reveal, a brand new mm-hmm. Street Fighter character, and one that I like a lot, and one that really fits into the aesthetics of Street Fighter Six big time. Mm-hmm. Because it, the whole game has this kind of hip-hop feel to it. Yep. She just punched that guy in the face with a spray can. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. I love it. I think she's an awesome character. I'm really excited for her. Um yeah, I thought it was uh, an impressive trailer, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, what do you think of um, the rework of Jury? She looks good. Like they got to do something with her because, like you know, her whole thing was vengeance with Bison or whatever. And like I think, and then like, I think Bison is canonically finished now. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got to. I guess she's just traveling the world looking for fun and fighting. Sort of like <laughs> a looks like hedonistic like version a of, of Ryu. Yeah. So. <laughs> Still doesn't believe in pants. Yeah. Um, well, I, I like Jury. Uh, I, of, of the new additions to Street Fighter 4, I thought she fit the best. Yep, I'd agree with that. So I'm glad that they're bringing her back. But still, tons of characters left to reveal for this game. Uh, but they did reveal a brand new one at Evo and give us a rework of a mm-hmm. character that I like as well. Um, what else did we get? Well, my, my favorite announcement was only tangential. But it happened that we happened over the weekend. It was Justin Wong announcing the new arcade one-up machine. Oh, yeah. What was that again? Marvel vs. Capcom two. Oh, right. But it's uh, so the light. So Marvel and Capcom are playing nice again, is what that indicates. But the the machine, it has Marvel vs. Capcom two, Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter, X Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes, X Men Children of the Atom, and then it has the the Super Nintendo games, uh, Mutant Apocalypse and War of the Gems. Wow. Um. So that is going to be the first arcade one up machine I buy. Wow. Finally gonna do it. X Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel Superheroes are like I have those on Saturn, but that's it. Like they those do not get brought forward. So the fact you're putting the fact that I can play X Men Children of the Atom online on an arcade machine sold done sold okay done 
And if they ever, it's the normal sized arcade one. If they ever do a, a pro version, I will be selling off the other one and getting the pro version because those are <laughs> those games are great and those are my those are easy pick up and play games for anybody. Um, and I will, I, I, I've always said like, I, I'm reticent to put like a machine in the, in my house that doesn't do too many things. You know, those does, does only one thing, like a pinball machine. Yeah, I got to do this one. The it has that whole that's that whole series. There's nothing that's missing in that collection. I have a buddy who has a Mame arcade machine in his basement, mm-hmm. and it literally has every video game ever made on it, and it is highly illegal, honestly. But there's there are like ten joysticks on like the machine and there's like i think the the face has over a hundred buttons total between all the different setups mm-hmm. so you can play pretty much i've definitely anything. thought about getting like a one of those machines yeah like a big four-player setup so that's the way his is yeah. and it has everything it also has trackballs so you can play mm-hmm. like top golf and all that yep. stuff I've, I've i have my eye on this one company that makes them in the midwest and they do they do trackball they do light gun mm-hmm. they do all, they all basically every if you can pay for, if you want to pay for it you can get it and i'm like mm, it's, it's tempting <laughs> like it is a lot just to have it all. but i also as someone who own, who you know has a lot of arcade collections on things and mame roms and stuff i'm just like how how long do you play those games really? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Contra, I love Contra. Plays Contra for an hour. Yeah, we go That's over it. and like yeah. we just drink in his basement and then yeah. just play games. And usually we just play like mm-hmm. top like top golf or yeah. whatever. But then I also think about like what you know what was the what would be the game, one of the games I'd probably play the most like if you had the full four player arcade setup and you had NBA Jam. Yeah, we would play That's that good. all fucking yeah. Game. Like yeah. if, not just because of NBA Jam, but because it is that experience. It's the standing in front of the machine with the arcade joystick and buttons. The jump it up for a shot, the and passing thing. last yeah, minute. Whole thing. The, 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 the yeah. sound echoing through the room, like the, you know, yeah. You want you want to hear that that boom shaka laka from like all the way across the house. Like you know, it's got to be the real thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think uh, we have a lot of fun when we go over there. I, I thought about it. I think about that a lot. Yeah. But this might be my first test to see if. You know, a few hundred bucks on this before I jump in on a big machine. Like probably a good way, good way to I do. I think it. I think that might be the way I go with it. Yep. Um, Pre-orders for that go up September eighth, so everybody oh, really? be ready. Yeah. It may be hard to get. I, I'm on the list. I'm yeah. ready to go. Better be ready. Um, also, a new Fatal Fury game was announced. The first one in over 20 years. Yeah, it's interesting to go back to that. Because that's King of Fighters. You know, yeah, like, there's no trailer. There is a trailer for it, but it's pointless. It's like yeah, too art still. Because Fatal Fury is just what you know became King of Fighters. Like, Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting are you know in continuity with each other, and then King of Fighters was sort of like what continued to happen to that universe. And I believe they Garu. Even, yeah. Hmm? Garu is part of this. It's yeah. like it's Fatal Fury slash Garu. Yeah, that because well, yeah, because Mark of the Wolves was basically a Fatal Fury mm-hmm. game. Just they didn't call it that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe actually in one of the early Fatal Furies, uh, that's where Geese Howard has the tournament. The tournament is literally called the King of Fighters tournament. Like mm-hmm. the, the video game is based is the title of the game is named after the tournament that was in Fatal Fury. So to go back to Fatal Fury is interesting because it makes me wonder like. What is that? I guess it's just going to be one-on-one and not teams. Like a reboot, I guess? Or like, I mean, I guess you're doing... Because, you know, King of Fighters thing is teams of three. Like, that's that's the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess this is going to go back to being one-on-one. And you want to call it Fatal Fury, not Art of Fighting, because no one cares about Art of Fighting. Yeah. Um, that IP has just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Because Fatal Fury was a better game mm-hmm. in the end, even though we got you know all the art of fighting characters pretty much made the jump to King of Fighters. Yep. Um, also, Fatal. The other thing that Fatal Fury did that uh, that no one ever really copied was I always thought it was interesting that Fatal Fury had the multi-leveled stages where you could right. go in and out of the screen, mm-hmm. um, which sort of got left behind at a certain point. I thought that was because that was. Um, 
uh, if I remember right, Fatal Fury was designed by the guy who designed Street Fighter One. Like I don't SNK poached the guy who did Street Fighter One and said, "Do you want to, you know, basically make that a good game?" Yeah. And that and so Fatal Fury was actually being worked on before Street Fighter Two hit it big. Um, and they sort of came out ar- around each other at the same time. And Fatal Fury was basically the Street Fighter One guy's take on where fighting games should be going, and Street Fighter Two was obviously a very different approach. And we know which one won. Yes, um, <laughs> that's for sure. But it's interesting. When I found that out, it was interesting because I could. I'm like, I can feel when I think about Fatal Fury, the original Fatal Fury. I can feel sort of the stiffness of Street Fighter One in it when mm-hmm. I think when I think about that. Whereas Street Fighter Two's flow and the accidental glitch that caused combos, yeah. um, which was really the the game changer. The fact that you the combo thing was an error that yeah, everyone realized they left was a in good the game. Thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the Fatal Fury coming back would be interesting. I mean, I would rather see Last Blade. But mm. I'm, I've always been more Heard of a blast from the past. I've always been more of a uh, Last Blade fan and King of Fighters. I like King of Fighters, but like yeah. Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting to me are kind of always feel kind of primitive. They're sort of like the steps on the way to King of Fighters. Um, so it's interesting to me that they're going to go back to this well and see what they get. I mean, they did pretty good with Samurai Showdown, kind of revamping that. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was okay. Samurai Showdown is one of my favorites from back in the day, and. I don't know. I feel like it kind of lost the spirit of a little, a little bit when they rebooted it. But no, I think they reca- mean I think they recaptured it because to me, Samurai Showdown peaked with two, and I'd agree with that three, four, and five, and six were sort of like fine. But like mm-hmm. I thought the the reboot kind of like pretty much nailed it as far as as well as you could with a modern game. Okay. Um, Difference of opinion. Would have liked to have seen more of the old characters come back, like a, a, a more robust lineup. Agreed but, uh, on that for sure. But after a while, the DLC kind of got them there. Yeah. Um, well, another big announcement was new DLC for the Season Pass 2 for Guilty Gear Strive, a game that I am now really excited about because of Evo, which I think is pretty awesome, that mm-hmm. it turned me on to a game. Bridget, this is probably the biggest, uh, based on crowd response, probably the mm-hmm. biggest reveal of them all. Well, everybody loves Bridget. It's crazy, though. Like... Literally, I mean, it is. She is a really cool character. Yeah, Bridget, she is a freaking yo-yo. Bridget's like, been requested for a long time uh, in this game. Like and, people lost it. Well, because Bridget's very popular. Also, Bridget's very easy to use uh-huh. traditionally, and so she's a good entry-level character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she is officially uh, trans now. Oh, really? Because um, for forever, the uh, basically Bridget was a boy who's mistaken for a girl. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That was the gag like, oh. in the old games. And so now uh, Bridget is officially a trans and, and she. Interesting. I did not know that. I so, always thought it was a she. That's the joke, or if you want to call that did the a game joke. The, the, game, does, the to... game does call that out. And, and Bridget, traditionally, Bridget's pronouns were he. Really? Um, How did now, I not know but that? But now it's she. Interesting. So it seems Bridget has uh, discovered some things about herself. Oh, well, it brought the house down at Evo. This was yeah. Well, Bridget's these, super popular. This had a bigger roar than Tekken Eight at Evo. And look at the animation. Like it's insane. Like the yo-yo animation is incredible. Dude, this like, game it's a, it's, she's looks. A, she's a really insane. good showcase for what they're doing with the yeah. animation in this. This game looks amazing. Yeah. All the characters look great. It again opened my eyes to this this game Evo did. And that's always been kind of Guilty Gear's thing. Is just like. It's it's scrappy and sort of like you think it's like an also ram, but then you play it and you're like, what the hell? What are they? It's this insane. Is incredible. Like I remember the original <laughs> one. I went into the uh, it was the import shop I used to go to in Burlingame, and the owner she she uh, 
because she knows she I, I like fighting games and bought, bought import stuff all the time and she she pulls guilty gear the import guilty gear out from the i never heard of it but out from the case and she's like you need to buy this right now and i was like what is it she's like it's like it's a new fighting game by this new new company um it's based on like heavy metal music and stuff but like you need you need to buy this right i know you and you need to buy this you're gonna love this game you will it's it's such a as her name is natty she's an indian woman it was a jeweler who opened a video rental store in Burlingame, <laughs> and she's like such a good game oh wow such a good game. like that, that was her thing she just she just sit at the she was like 40 40s 50s I think, uh-huh. and she just played video games all the time she knew everything wow it was, it, she was tons That's of awesome. fun and she just sit there in the counter and goes like you should play that such a good game and like and she like recommended all i mean i know half of my import stuff because of her because she yeah. would just tell me like you should play this i'm like yes i should have played you well <laughs> you were right so she just said like basically you you buy this right now and if you don't like it you bring it back and i'll give you all your money back and she and i took it home i'm like and i came back the next next like, whenever the next time was and she's like you want your money? I'm like, nope. I'm, I'm good. good. That's fine now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, even then, you put that in, you're like, how does it look? There's like the, the 2D animation on that game in the old days. They've always been the cutting edge yeah. of that. They're, they're so good. It's really amazing. Um, and then the final kind of overarching theme of Evo 2022 was rollback netcode. It is... There was three games announced to have rollback netcode now. As you can see on from the B-roll, Dragon Ball Fighters was one of them. Um... Persona 4 Arena Ultimax was another one that's now getting rollback netcode. Matt, maybe explain that to folks who may be wondering what that is. Um, basically, it's better. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, the pre- to it's the preferred it. way to do the netcode because it, it, something, if some disconnection happens, it kind of pulls it back a bit mm-hmm. instead of just letting it all... Just get ragged. Yeah, go ragged or, or go, uh, you know... That's what when you feel like lag is happening and like what's hap- what you're pressing the buttons and it's not doing what you want it to do or like the other player is clearly not reacting or you're not reacting to them. That's be- you know that's basically usually a function of peer to peer with no rollback and rollback netcode essentially um, lets the game kind of have a have a do over if it really screws up. Yeah, it's kind of the closest thing to say to say about it, and it's much much preferred uh, than any other solution right now. Um, it's uh i believe that's what uh, multiverses is using and it is it's yep. very 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 good with it, it, it yeah that is that no, we is mentioned that last week that the net code in multiverses is rock solid yeah really really good and all games seem to be moving towards this yeah this is i think this i is, mean they're retrofitting becoming the industry standard yeah they're retrofitting this game with it they even said at evo we have no new content coming to this game yeah. but we're gonna balance a couple guys and we're gonna Institute rollback netcode. Yeah, although there was one game that didn't get rollback announced that everybody was expecting to, and it didn't get it. But I can't remember which game that was. Hmm. I remember disappointment that this every game, game sh- every fighting it. game should have it. It, it should be standard at this point. Like yeah. if, if you're not building your game with rollback netcode, uh, a fighting game, you're you're doing it wrong. Yep. And that's Evo 2022. That's all the main headlines, all the big announcements. Um, really good. Like I think I think if people were worried about what's going to happen to Evo One. After it was purchased by Sony, essentially. Tekken, that's what it was. Tekken isn't getting rollback. Okay, which is weird. Probably an 8. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to retrofit Tekken 7. Guess not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, um, Evo, you know, people were concerned because Sony bought controlling interest of it. It hadn't happened in a few years. We haven't really had in-person events like this for a long time. All that stuff considered, Evo 22 blew it out of the water. Like, I think it was amazing. Like, I was one of the people who was really nervous and really skeptical about Sony taking control. 
And other than the fact that Smash Brothers isn't there, and it has come out now that it is, it is pretty much because Sony owns a tournament. Other than that, I think it was amazing. I really enjoyed Evo again. I don't know why you guys didn't get into it this year. Maybe it's because it's been gone so long that it's just kind of fallen by the wayside and people just don't think about it anymore. But well, A lot of people didn't know what was happening. It was not very well publicized. I didn't yeah. Think. I didn't see any. I didn't, you know, if Sony owns it, where's the thing on PlayStation when you load up PlayStation that says Evo this week? That's a good point. Like, like, why when I boot up my PS5, was yeah. it not plastered across the screen? Yeah, yeah it should have been. So I mean I think it, I think it was good uh, you know once I figured out it was happening yeah um, but uh, yeah production was good announcing was good fights were good um, you know I hope one day maybe I can go back to it not I wouldn't have gone this year but, I mean I'm glad everyone was masked up and being careful but like not not right now yeah um, but it was nice it was nice to see it again and have a day of uh, of uh, also. Uh, I just remember the old days where I would like try to stream it on Twitch or Justin TV back in the day, <laughs> um, and I'd have to like hook a like a, a HDMI cable to my TV and run it out of my laptop. Your, yeah. and, and now I just like pull up the Twitch app on my TV and hit that, and this just works. And, and it looks amazing. It looks great. Yeah, yeah, the video quality for this was great. Like whether you watch it on YouTube or Twitch, video quality amazing. So mm-hmm. again, the production values in this I thought were excellent. I could maybe see them interacting with the the players a little more like there really aren't that many interviews with the actual i mean having done a lot of interviews at evo <laughs> uh you're it's not, not missing great. anything well i mean partly a lot about half the players don't speak english very oh, well right yeah and then the most of the most people don't have it's just like sports interviews they don't have a lot to say they're not thinking about what they're doing they're just doing it yeah. you know like it's like every post game inst- interview and you're like what were you th-? it's like oh uh, Hundred ten percent. Yeah, do the, all the uh, cliches. Uh, yeah, had really, to stick together. You know, really tough competition. To fight it. Super yeah. respected. Uh, <laughs> so got to push through. Got to do the thing. Got to get there. And you know, thanks Jesus. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's all. It's, you know, it's, it's it's, it's, you yeah. don't get any particularly great analysis out of anybody. I remember yeah. I once asked Daigo on camera, like you know how he pulled off his evo moment with the parrying in street fighter 3 and he's just said like oh it wasn't any anyone could do that if they knew the timing i'm like yeah no it's knowing the timing. that is kind of the thing <laughs> i love that like justin wong every once in a while does streams where people try to replicate that with him and no one has ever done it to oh my really knowledge. it's incredibly difficult to do in general and doubly difficult to, to do pull it, it off in a tournament situation and the other thing that a lot of people don't know about that you know that's the chun Li you know parry move that you did. the other thing a lot of people don't know is that at that range, you have to input the parry before she does the move. Right. So not only yeah. did he have to have all the timing down for that, he had to know the exact moment Justin was going to do the move. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. And that is why Daigo is the best. Yeah. Unbelievable. For a long time. But like you said, like people were surprised he made top 16. I basically, basically yeah, but he's, old, he's old now. Are. He's in his 30s. <laughs> That's how good the kids are. But he, uh, that yeah. was, that was, I think, what was that? That was 18 years ago this year. Yeah. About a, about a week and a half ago, 18 years ago. Yeah. And um, Evo Moment 37, 2004, shot by Seth Killian himself. Yeah. Um, I didn't see him. No, he wasn't there. He's he's busy with Fortnite. Yeah. Or busy with whatever he's doing at Epic. Whatever he's doing he's, at Epic. He's, you know, I mean, that's a long way to travel. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of times, he previously in the last few, he has done the final, the Street Fighter Grand Finals with uh, with J- James Chen. Mm-hmm. But they had Ultra David. Ultra Chen was he's back fun. together. They're great. Good. Uh, they're great. Yeah. They're great. I had no problem I'll, with I'll any of the announcements. Them. I thought they were all awesome. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's good stuff. Yep. Let's um, see what the chat's saying about Evo. The last uh, the last Street Fighter Five. Yep, that's Evo. it. That was like, the last time. Next year will be Street Fighter Six, which is exciting. I'm excited about that. Don Lionheart, thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. 
Um, Shneeky says, I'd rather watch, I'd rather play games than watch others. Also not into fighting games much. I agree with you. Like, I am not like a YouTuber watcher. Mm. I do not watch Let's Plays. But this is different, man. Like, yeah, fighting games are different for me, probably because I'm into them. So that's, I mean, I don't know. So that's the second half of his statement. If you're not into fighting games, you're not going to get a lot out of it. But I love watching people. These people do this thing that I do, but do it way better than I can. I feel like like Evo transcends that, though. The I'm not into fighting mm-hmm. games much, and like, it's faster. It's like it's they're over. Like it's not like watching a 25 minute League of Legends match right. or something where I, I yeah. lost the thread of what's happening. It's very, you know, I've always said fighting games are the most uh, you know viewer friendly video game like you know professional video game tournament because everybody understands what the fight is. It's yeah. two it's two guys generally it's two people and there's a life bar and they fight and the timer and they fight and that's it. Like you know <laughs> you don't need that explained to you. Yeah. You know they're they're, they're very simple um, and I think that's the advantage they have. Not sir. He loves Guilty Gear Strive, and he says, if I need someone to play with, he will play it with me. That's great to hear. Um, if we're not friends already on PlayStation, I am at Dinfire. You can add me, and I will accept you, and we can play. Um, Def Jam Fight for New York is the only arcade I'd ever want. I don't think they ever made that in the arcade, unfortunately. I don't think that ever made the jump from consoles to uh, the arcades. Uh, AJ the Legend Watson, so does Evo have its, its own console? Or does Sony now make all decisions on which games are played, which characters from games are allowed, and other? I don't think Sony's like micromanaging. Sony it like doesn't that. care. Yeah. Sony wants their ad their ads on there, and they want everything played on a PlayStation. That's yeah. it. That's as far. I'm pretty sure that's as far as it goes. Are they saying Daigo made top eight? Did you make top eight? Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice that actually. But I watched the whole top eight though. I, I don't know how I missed that. He might he might have dropped out early. I don't yeah. know. Listevit, thank you for the tier one subs out to our community. That is awesome. Commander Fett says, fighting games are like soccer. Anyone can watch it and understand what's going on. And that is true. That is the total key. That's why I say fighting games transcend. Like, even Mm -hmm. if you're not into fighting games, it's so... Even my wife understood it. She got very sick of it very quickly. But she could watch fighting game esports and understand it. Like, even she gets it. She's like, one guy's one character, one guy's the other character. They fight. Whoever is the last one standing wins. Like, it's very simple. Um, and I think even if you don't like fighting games, it's almost impossible to not appreciate the skill and the timing of these players. It's really amazing. Like, they really are to me, like, esports athletes, mm-hmm. particularly fighting game players, more so than other genres like League of Legends with MOBAs and shooters and stuff like that. So, um, when you see the, the, just the, was the I can't remember the name of the guy who won. Uh, he's coming out of lose, coming out of the losers bracket for uh, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus, but something was definitely wrong with his left wrist. Mm. Like between matches, he'd hold it like this and kind of massage it, and you're like, oh, he's because the other Purple thing, tunnel. because the other thing you don't realize until you play in some of these tournaments is like, the if you go through the winners bracket. You play like four matches. Mm-hmm. If you go through the losers bracket, you play like double it's that. It's a struggle. It's, it's a yeah. long road. Yeah. And you get up to the the you know someone gets up to that grand final, and if you're in the losers bracket, you just been through almost every other person and half the other people in the tournament. And the winners guy has been like, he's fresh, he's ready, yeah. he's go. It's, it's it's a whole different thing. A couple of weeks ago, my thumb, my right thumb, started killing me, Matt. Like I literally couldn't play games for two days. I was like, oh shit. Is this it? Like, is this finally all the years of me playing games in repetitive motion? And and it just, it disappeared. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank God. Like, it could literally, like, end my career having, like, carpal tunnel really badly. I, I, I can't believe I don't have carpal tunnel. 
I've played video games insanely since I was a child. I type all day, every day, six to seven days a week, and I still don't have carpal tunnel. Mm. A lot of that stuff's genetic. I guess. I'm lucky, I guess. Yeah. Thank God. Because it could literally like end our careers. You got, you got those Neanderthal genes. In yeah, there. <laughs> for that at least, anyway. Uh, so anyway, that's Evo 2022. I had a blast watching it. Um, maybe next year when it rolls around. It's probably our fault, too. Usually we would announce Evo on Game Face the week before it happened, and it did slip my mind, and I didn't mention it last week. So that could be par partly that's my fault. That's very funny. What? Um, just the fact that the, the Twitch chat is flagging losers as bullying. Oh, Because wow. we were saying losers, <laughs> losers bracket. The losers bracket. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed Evo, and uh, we'll make a bigger deal out of it next year to make sure you guys end up tuning in. Uh, because this year definitely was way down on Sifted compared to how it usually is. So um, I think well, next year I hope they advertise it better and yeah. let people. Know. I mean, if I didn't know it was happening, yeah. Like if you didn't know, that's bad. It's not like I'm not running around in those in that scene to some degree. You're paying and you're some not attention. using your consoles every day and like yeah. there should have been something better for sure. I agree. Uh, okay, time to move on. We're going to talk next about Xenoblade Chronicles Three one last time because Matt and I had played it. To talk about it last, excuse me, last week, we had both probably played it 15 to 20 hours, roughly. Um, I have continued to play the game and trudge forward. I've now put in almost double that amount of time. Matt, how much more have you played Xenoblade Chronicles 3? Zero. You didn't play it anymore after last I week? I had other things this week. Really? Not, Interesting. Not a judgment on the game. I just yeah. didn't get back to it. Okay. Well, I did. And one of the things that we said last week when we were talking about it was how the game had continued to pile on systems and mm -hmm. things to learn. Well, that stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eventually, you got to run out of. Eventually, systems. like around, I think around like the eighteen-hour mark. Although it, I would love for one of these games to just throw one more system at you in the final boss battle. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, do that. Well, yep. Well, this okay. does stop around the eighteen-hour mark. It finally says, okay, that's everything we're gonna, we're going to give you. At least I don't know. Maybe they do throw something in at hour sixty or something, but. I'm pretty far along in the game, and I've been playing it now for about another 15 hours without something new popping up. I feel pretty safe to say that that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, some of the criticisms that I had from the first 15 hours, like I, I mentioned how I was skipping past a lot of the cinematics. I will say this. As the game wore on, the cinematics became less frequent and more relevant mm -hmm. and less filler, padding less frivolous conversations that went nowhere or less cinematics where the first sentence tells you what the whole cinematic is going to be about and then the next like five minutes is just jibber jabber well, i definitely got the impression that some of the cinematics early on are like okay you're just letting me like get to know these characters yeah and there's a point at which we've established who everybody is and we don't need to do that anymore yeah they beat you over the head a little bit too much with it it gets better as the game goes on now matt i'll say this too i and still not a thousand percent sure that I'm doing the combat right because a big part of the combat is canceling attacks. So you wait for your character to do an auto attack and supposedly as soon as the attack lands, then you're supposed to hit another button and it's supposed mm -hmm. to cancel that prior attack and then add power to the attack that you just selected. I have not been able to tell if I'm doing that right. If you, know, you get the little flash thing. Is that all it is? That sound yeah. of like almost like a sword going yeah. shing? Is yeah. that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. And, then you, and then once you do the... Because you can combo a basic attack, auto attack into an art. And you can combo an art into a super art. 
So the super art being the thing you have to wait and charge all the way up. Yeah. Um, so you can combo off that. So like basically uh, with with um, Noah, if especially if I'm if if I if I do the so my basic combo with Noah early on was do the side attack, whatever that the side break, mm-hmm. hit him from the side, it hits him with a break, and then uh, Lance will hit him with a topple, and uh, uh, Uni will hit them with a daze. And I time then I, as they're doing that, I'm moving around behind the enemy because I'm going to do the backstab because mm-hmm. and that gives you da- bonus damage if you do it from behind. Yep. So I will let him do it. So after the daze hits, I let him do an auto attack and then I will combo in the backstab and then off the backstab I'll combo in once it's ready the big moon slash thing and the moon slash thing in that combo, especially if you can get inside Uni's um, attack bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do, I, even early on, like a level 10, I could do three, 4,000 da- damage with it. Oh, and, wow. if I, and if I just did it raw with no combo, it would be like 1600. Yeah. I guess so I, it definitely matters. The vi- I, I guess I'm assuming it does, but like the visual cues to show you like how much more damage you're doing. It's so hard to see Well, because there's numbers everywhere. Because there's just crap yeah. everywhere. Like just, like I have to constantly position the camera so I can see the character that I'm controlling, so I can even tell like when their auto attacks are landing, so I can combo yeah. out of them. You see, there's a point where I, I, you know, by the time we talked about, it, I wasn't even doing it anymore. I was just like, I knew the Who animation cares? so well that like I, 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 okay, his hands are down there. Hit the button. There it is. Like, yeah, you know, I don't even need to look at the enemy anymore. Yeah. Um, because it's partly it's an MMO. You know, there's an MMO style to it, which it means you don't really need to be looking at what's happening. You just need to be looking at your bars filling up. Yeah. And there is a you do need to see when the auto attack lands, though. Well, I know what part of the animation that's the land. But there's so. a lot of times I can't even see the animation of my character because there's so many numbers in other characters and like all their spells and their attack, and it's just like. Mayhem. I haven't have a problem with that. I, I can always see. Oh, it, it happens all the time. Where sometimes, sometimes I end up gets behind lost a... in this nah, mess of pixels. I don't have that problem. I mean, it so. depends on how you're positioning your character. I mean, I've you... never felt like I, my character got lost in anything. Oh God! I mean, people were talking about it the whole time in the B-roll last week, Matt. Yeah, but I just know what I'm looking at. I played three of these games for hours and hours. I, I, I that's just what it is. Like, well, I, I think I, this is an example where you're the ano- the anomaly. I'm glad to be the anomaly. I don't care. I'm I'm looking at what I'm looking at. I can pick out what I need to pick out. Like it's that's you know that's just how it works. What I was getting at. Sometimes is- I've lost them if they've got if I'm fighting a big enemy and they the camera ends up panning behind you know blocking yeah. the me with the big enemy then you got to do some some work. What I was getting at is that I as I started to learn how to use the commas and using them more often. I started controlling the camera more and mm-hmm. making sure I could see my character to see when his auto attacks were landing. Um, another thing that I discovered that is, I think is a broken part of the game is when you do your link attacks or honestly, if you do any of like your major combos is that like, once you have killed an enemy, it won't let you switch to another enemy. It just lets you keep piling on what it calls overkill. The enemy's already dead. Mm-hmm. And it just lets you keep doing that linked attack on the already dead enemy. It won't let you turn your attention the to chain, it. the chain attacks or the yeah the chain attacks yeah. yeah you can't change what the chain attacks are targeting. Mm-hmm. You it, it, so you just I didn't I didn't know that I've never used a chain attack against anything that wasn't basically really powerful. Yeah, I well, save it. I just use it for bosses usually. Well, eventually you get to points though where you're fighting like two really mm-hmm. tough enemies at once. Like they'll send like two gigantic spiders at you at a time. And you have fall- polished off the first spider, and you're only halfway through like your chain attack, 
And I wondered when I first started doing the chain attacks why there was a chain attack cancel. I was like, mm. why is that in there? That makes no... Now I know why. Because you, you get some of your meter back for that, I guess. Well, you do. But the more important part is there's no point in continuing to pummel an already dead enemy. Like, it's mm-hmm. just this oversight that I feel like the yeah. developers had well, with not, it. I mean, they do they do give you some XP for that. So, like, it, it's not like overkill doesn't get you anything. Do you get XP for that? Yeah, you get bonus XP for overkill. Mm, I was At least that's what, the, that's what the tooltip said. I haven't done that myself. Yeah. Actually. But, like, yeah, it said if, uh, any extra gets converted to some kind of XP. No, okay. I don't know if it's one-to-one or whatever. Yeah. God, if it was one-to-one, that would be a lot. And um, then, as time went on... You can, do, you can do tens of thousands of damage with the chain attack. Oh, God. I mean, the biggest one I've done was, like, 300 and some thousand mm-hmm. in one chain attack. Um, because you, uh, over time, you start to get good at it. You start to mm-hmm. figure out, like... So your attacks... Yeah, it's like a little puzzle. It is yeah. a puzzle. But there's guessing in it, too, because you don't know how much each attack is really going to cost. Because there's all these little variables that go in that could tack on an extra couple TP. Okay, there you go. Pakrai says you get extra XP. He gained, I gained up 500% XP for the overkill. So, depending, is it just once you go overkill, you get the 500%? Or how much does it depend so on how much I think it depends on overkill. how much overkill you okay, do. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. If I know these games, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rate you on everything. You know, yeah. There's always a performance measure. Yeah, and so, again, because thing, the combat, I had finally kind of mastered the combat and figured out how everything worked and there's nothing being added new like it did start to become a little bit repetitive and i'm like man i still have like 80 hours left of this thing <laughs> like mm. it's a lot it's yeah a i mean just like game. any xenoblade you better care what's happening yeah like narratively or because there's nothing otherwise or you better care about exploring and seeing mm-hmm. the world like that's you know that was that was one of two's big problems for me was i didn't care about the world or seeing what was over the next bend or anything yeah. like I, I didn't you know there, was, there wasn't the wonder of the of the place that i think this one has and the first one and x both have yeah i think x does that better than any of the others but um yeah like that you need that to have this game work this kind of you know the xenoblade games work and i think two dropped the ball on that and this one brought it back and so uh, it gets a little leeway for me for that now when you are in this here's a question i actually have that i don't know the answer to when you have transformed into this 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 new version where you've morphed mm-hmm. with another character, can you do combos then too? Do uh, they work? No, it doesn't look like it does. Okay. Uh, I, or if, I it, or if it does, I'm not good at it, and I haven't been able to figure it out because like they do the uh, I, from what I've seen from the combined mode, at least early on, I think it changes as you go up the skill tree. Uh, I think you just want to do arts as much as you can and mm-hmm. then combo an art into the final art if you fill that up. And then, of course, you want to disengage before your your heat meter right. maxes out because otherwise the cooldown's longer. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I haven't really been able to dig in. You know, obviously I haven't played it more. Since yeah. Like, but I haven't really been able to dig into the, the how the, the interlink stuff really, really works or how you min-max that. Um, I assume you have to go further down the skill chains to the skill trees to really unlock how those things are supposed to work maximally efficiently. Yeah. Um, um, new classes. Someone's asking, aren't you getting new classes? Yes. They keep throwing new classes yeah. at me and I never want to use them. Like <laughs> I end up just sticking. I've changed a couple times and what it does is it like fills in an empty like skill slot. Yeah. Like it's the only way you'll ever fill in that slot is to change your class. So they try to like motivate you to do it, but I just, I've not gotten to the point yet where I felt like I needed to change classes to make progress in the game. Um, I'm doing just fine. In fact, I'm kind of walking through the game. The other thing that I've discovered is that the difficulty in this game with the bosses is all over the map. So 
I fought this one boss. I'm not going to spoil it, but it, it's just a little person. And he whooped my ass. It took me 10 tries to beat this boss. And I was like, oh, okay. The game is starting to ratchet up the difficulty. Good, because I was walking through the game. I just annihilated the next five bosses. And then the sixth one was like, kick my ass again. Like, it just feels like it's all over the place. I don't know how much of that is dependent upon how you've constructed your build and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I mean, it just happens in yeah. these games. Like, sometimes you run into something that does not... Match with your party ha- well. It has a counter to how you like to play. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta adjust. And, um, you know, no strategy is perfect. I ended up having to get lucky to beat that boss. Like, he had beaten me the same way. Like, I'd get him down to where he had 10% left, and he'd just go berserk and mm. kill me. And when I finally got sick of it, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do something different. So I just waited longer to use what are those transformations called again i know the word is all weird. um i mean they call it say interlink i think but yeah I think that, there's another there's word another for word them for as well i just waited longer to use my transformation and then interlink forms but i think there's a or maybe interlink there's a word the process, for but there's it, another word for it yeah. or yeah i don't know i waited longer to do that and i waited longer to do my first chain attack and i won and mm. it, i'm like that makes no sense whatsoever but <laughs> it felt like it was like an AI loop that I needed to break or something. I don't even know. So I do feel like the challenge is a little bit uneven. But for the most part, I'm just walking through the game. But the flip side of that is if you want, you can dip your toes into those waters where you're fighting enemies that are way more powerful than you. Now, I would argue that the rewards you get for that probably aren't worth the hassle. But you can do it if you want. If you're tired of just whooping up on all the enemies that you're facing as they lead you by the nose through the campaign generally. Um, the story, I think it stayed about the same. Like it has, I don't feel like it's really gotten better in the amount of time that the extra amount of time that I've spent playing it. Um, and I probably wouldn't have continued playing this if there just weren't anything else to play this week. Um, and I may continue playing it more because there's not a whole lot for next week either. So bust out Power Wash Simulator. Again. <laughs> I may need to make it past the second stage of Power Wash Simulator. Um, but I'm still enjoying the game. It's, it's, I mean, it is kind of the definition of a slow burn. I mean, yeah, it's Xenoblade. It, I mean, it is kind of the, the poster child for slow burn. It's never so boring that you want to quit, but it's never so exciting that you can't wait to play it again. Uh-huh. It's just this weird time killer, really, I feel like. Yeah, well, also, you, I always feel like I need a lot of time because I'm like, I need to have enough time set aside here that I'm going to make some progress right. that I feel is you know significant adequate yeah and if i only have like an hour i'm kind of like well probably not probably not today probably not right now you know yeah um so yeah it it does feel like you need to make a commitment to it Mm -hmm. um which is kind of keeps me away from it sometimes the other thing i would say Um, too is i finally gave this a go in handheld mode i do not play this in handheld mode it's hard as hell to see what's going on on a 65 inch tv no this game is so clearly not made for no this was never intended to be played on the go this is definitely i'm fine with that me too i mean i never play i just did it for you guys to let you know and it is not great to play in handheld mode or at least you'd better have 25 year old eyes rather than 45 i mean look i when I'm, i'm wearing my reading glasses my vision with these glasses on is like laser sharp and I don't think it makes a difference. It's just so small and there's so much going on. I will say this, though. I do think games like this is where you do see a difference with the OLED model of the mm. Switch. Because the the resolution, the screen, is a lot clearer than the screen you get on the OG Switch. But, I mean, ultimately... But you I know would... what's sharper? A 4K television. That's true. Yep. Um, I Even guess... with a Switch. Yeah. 
In the end, though, I would say we are in a big drought for games right now. And if you're a Switch owner, you're going to get your money's, your money's worth out of this and yeah. then some. Or if you haven't played any of them, you should just get the definitive edition of the first one. Yeah, I would agree with that. I actually think I enjoyed that more. I, st- I mean, obviously, this. early, you know... <laughs> 17 hours in early days yeah uh for this one but <laughs> i will be stunned if if any xenoblade manages to 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 get me to like it better than the first one yeah. the first one is special to yeah me. um but we'll see you know there's certainly there's systems in this game that work better than the first you know the side quests alone i mean the side quests in one you basically have to stop yeah. doing them they're way better point. in this and they continue to be great i would add the more i've played it ha- a lot of times they'll front load the good side quests in games so that the most mm-hmm. people end up seeing the good side quests and then as you keep going you start getting the fetch quests or the go here and kill x number of these things yeah. that has not happened yet i'm still getting viable interesting voiced fully voice acted side quests 30 mm-hmm. some hours into it so it, again to your point last week the fact that they got this done in this amount yeah. of time is mind-boggling I, I don't know how they did it it's pretty amazing all while probably having some of their people working on Zelda. Yeah. Yep. But this will undoubtedly be one of the contenders for best RPG of 2022. Not a lot of competition this year. Yeah, the field is a little, little limited. <laughs> a little thin, but but when we come November and December, when we start talking about our Game of the Year stuff, this game is going to come up. So I don't think most people who enjoy RPGs, if they buy this game, are going to be disappointed. You're definitely going to get your money's worth. I even think for people who only like to dabble in this stuff, there's more here than you will ever get through. Um, but I do think it's Although action-y that, This enough. screen looks like those joke screens people make of Ubisoft games. Yeah. With all the, <laughs> you know, like when they do like, if Dark Souls was made by Ubisoft and it's just icons. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And numbers popping everywhere. So um, that's Xenoblade Chronicles 3. That is the last time we'll discuss it until our Game of the Year discussions later on in 22. Um I'm enjoying it, but just on this mid-level, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm enjoying it mid. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I've, there's never been, there hasn't been a moment in this game where I was like, "Oh my gosh," and there hasn't been a moment where I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it's just been this medium-level buzz the entire time, um, if that makes sense to any of you guys. But um, yeah, I've had fun with it, but not a ton of fun. I guess is the way I can cap it all off. But that's Xenoblade Chronicles Three, and it is a Switch exclusive. Next up. There was one game that came out this week. Well, actually, it just came out today. And this is one of those rare cases where we got review code plenty early enough to play a game to have our impressions ready for you guys on launch day. And that game is Two Point Campus. Now, Vincent, as you guys all know from our chat, he does a lot of curation for us. He also produces um, New Dimension. And there's a new episode of that coming very, very soon. Watch out for that. I'm not going to spoil what franchise it's on. But that is done, and that's coming very soon. So look out for that. Uh, Vincent was a huge fan of Two Point Hospital. In fact, he covered it for us and wrote a game eval for it, I believe, um, way back when that came out. And this game, Two Point Campus, is coming from the same studio. Now, since Vincent, obviously, um, is a big fan of the franchise and he likes Sims, we put him on this one as well. And this is his report. All right, we have our illustrious correspondent, Vincent Borchart, here to talk to us about Two Point Campus. Now, this is kind of the spiritual successor to Two Point Hospital. Is that an accurate way to uh, describe it, Vincent? Yeah, it's, I wouldn't say exactly a sequel, but more like what 
naturally comes next. Not even sure naturally. It's just it's the same style, but a different setting type of different thing you're managing. Okay, so obviously Two Point Hospital is a hospital management sim. Two Point Campus is, I would assume, a collegiate simulation. But I guess my big question is, what parts of campus life does the game cover and what parts are missing that you kind of thought maybe should have been included? I mean, it covers the basics. You have to manage your students and like all the classes they take. You have to make sure that they're, they have fun on campus. They have somewhere to live. And even smaller stuff like them joining clubs or getting into relationships. You just manage all that at a high level. Now, do you set the curriculum? Do you choose which courses are available and what's taught in those courses? How granular does that get? Yeah, you choose what each course you want to offer in a specific college. In the campaign, there's multiple scenarios. I think there's like 12, at least in the base game. And then each one has like a different specialty. Like one is a cooking school. One has you doing like old medieval knights. One's a spy school. One's Harry Potter, but with the names filed off. <laughs> yeah, lots of different types of things. Now, the curriculum that you choose, how does that play into whether the students are happy or not? I'm not really sure. So far in the campaign, it's just you it, You just do what the main thing of each is. And like, maybe I'll offer a general knowledge because it's cheap. Because, like, the amount of courses you can offer and how good they are is based on how big your, your campus is. So oh. it gradually grows over time. And there's something about, like, there's different types of students and which... And they each like different types of courses. Though I haven't seen that come up at all, at least as far as I am in the campaign, which is about halfway through. Okay. Actually past halfway. Now this, okay. So you choose a curriculum of the school. What is the overall goal of the game though? Is it to grow the college to be as big as possible? And therefore it becomes this snowball rolling downhill where it's so big that you just get more students every year, which makes it more big, which makes you get more students each year. How does that work? So each college has different goals that you're trying to get to and and you can score up to three stars. You start one and then you get the two star goals and then the three. Mm -hmm. And they each have different goals based on what they're doing. Generally, you'll want to like get a, your average grade in the classes to go up or you'll have a students doing well or other random things like making it so that people are comfortable and it's not too hot or too cold or making it so that the food is good. Now, do you do that on a building-by-building basis, or is it just overall for the whole campus? So... Like air conditioning. Do you control the AC for every building? You have to place a bunch of either air conditioning or radiators so that the whole building is different. So so it's on a building-by-building basis, then? It's not just campus-wide when you adjust those by making changes? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, So you play... From the perspective of the dean, or do you play from the perspective of a single student? How does that You're work? an administrator building the campus. Okay. And then you're just watching the students as they do all their stuff. So it's a little bit like amusement park simulations that we've played in the past. Is that a good analog to kind of use? Yeah, like the whole point of the two points series, both hospital and campus, is that they're made by former Bullfrog developers who made theme park and theme hospital back in the day, uh-huh. and now they're getting back to that. 
Now, do you find it as interesting to build like a new science building versus creating like a brand new ride or a roller coaster in an amusement park? How do they keep this fun? Because I'll be honest with you, it doesn't sound that exciting to me without having played it at all. How do they make it fun? I think a lot of it is just the there's a whole ton of personality in everything surrounding it. The management's aspects are relatively basic. I mean, they can be challenging, but they're not like super complex or anything, mm-hmm. at least so far. And that's actually one of the things I'd say is different between hospital and campus. For hospital, you have to manage a lot more things directly, like move, moving where your doctors are and stuff and mm-hmm. like going directly hands on to make sure everything works. But for campus, it's a lot more macro. You basically place everything, you do what they want you to do, and then you just wait, more or less. Okay. But getting back to why it's interesting is there just there's a lot of personality. Two Point County feels like a living place, and there's so much stuff that in both this and hospital that like feed off one another. Like you get to know the people in it, like the, the movie stars and the like. There's a radio that keeps going on along with just the music and then mm-hmm. their DJs like each of them has like different stories they'll tell that, that you just listen to as you play now do they That's talk just... about like the hospital like do the two games kind of cross over where if you're playing two-point campus you're aware that there's this hospital that people have yeah built that there and... are hospitals like there's a lot of direct callbacks to some of the famous lines like That's one cool. of the things that you'd hear a lot in hospital is like we're sorry for the litter that you dropped on our floor. And then mm-hmm. in campus, there's a callback that's like, we're sorry for the litter that, oh, wait, that's mine. Oh. The PA announcer saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, there's some comedic writing. And that was one thing I would say about yeah. Two Point Hospital that they did a really good job with was making something that may seem mundane on the outside actually kind of fun and exciting through the writing. Yeah, the writing is so good in this. Though so, I am surprised that there's a... Re- doesn't seem to be quite as much like i played like 250 hours of two-point hospital with multiple dlcs and stuff Uh and while i'm sure there have been like repeats and stuff i don't remember them because again 250 hours but like i'm already starting to hear a couple repeats and i've only played this for like 15 hours which surprised me a lot yeah but i guess one thing that you just kind of inadvertently hinted at there is that these games typically get a lot of post-launch support and go on and on for quite a while, right? Yeah, like, Two Point Hospitals had a bunch of DLCs. Like, heck, they got the latest one, I think, was earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, if you were to buy this, you can assume that it's going to be mm-hmm. one of those games that's going to be supported for a long time, and you're ultimately, if you enjoy it, you're going to get your money's worth, right? Yeah. Though there's also one other part that's different that makes both... The- this and Hospital, the base games, are on Game Pass. Oh, they are? Yeah. So wait, this is on Game Pass as well? Two yes, point... this is on Game Pass Day 1. Oh, Hospital wow. Hospital was on there as well. That's yeah. great. That's good. That's good news. So a lot of yeah. people can at least give it a try, because I do feel like this is a genre that a lot of people are afraid to dabble in. But once mm-hmm. they do, I think they'd be surprised at how much they like it. Yeah. This is a lot of personality, and it's not... As hard as you think. There are some parts that it can be hard if it wants to be. Like, for example, I was playing the Harry Potter with the names filed off one. Mm-hmm. Like, for some reason, like, it gave me a lot less money than I would normally expect. Hmm. And I, like, part of it's that they teach you that loans exist. <laughs> so they <laughs> make you to take teach out you a loan. to conjure to get... up some cash, Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the other part. Like, 
the other part is that like that that school's under a literal curse because of course it is. Uh-huh. So then there's like some rival witch that's sending meteor showers on there you all the time. Oh wow! And it really changes no- it up. Yeah. And then one of the other annoying mechanics that's shared within all most of the other schools is that occasionally you'll have invaders from other schools that that try to annoy your students and stuff. Well, they come in you like trying to steal your mascot and stuff like that. Yeah, like and the you just hire janitors that have security to take care of them, but mm-hmm. it's they still can do some damage. And in the the Harry Potter one, they like make all your students have pumpkin heads. They all need to go to the medical thing to do it, and that decreases their happiness, which makes them perform not do as well in the to get the grades lower. And then they're less happy, and then they want to drop out, and it can cause a chain reaction, and it can get t- tough. It sounds like playing the different. I guess campaigns really changes the game a lot. That's a that's really yeah, good to hear. Yeah, there are a bunch of different ones. Like the, one of the schools I played is like an archaeology school, and it doesn't have as much money. But as you dig up relics, you can sell them to get money or use hmm. them to make your campus look better. Hmm. There's another one that's like a recording artist school where you don't get like the normal tuition fees, but every time they level up, they you get money. So mm-hmm. you have to focus on making sure they're doing well instead of just having them in your school. Gotcha. How yeah. um, how are athletics handled? Now I'm I'm assuming you don't actually play the games, you don't play the basketball no. game or the football game, but do you build stadiums and there's one that kind school of stuff? that has the national sport of two point county called cheese ball <laughs> where you throw cheese into the other player's goal. Like all this the classes, which is what basically they are, is just you just watch them do stuff and based on their how happy they are and how good your teacher is and et cetera, you get a grade at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's that. The night school has jousting tournaments you have to take part in in order to clear the goals. So this isn't... So there's no real athletics element in the game where ultimately, if it were realistic, it could be like the biggest driver of revenue for you because you fill up that 80,000 person stadium every Saturday for a football yeah, game. Yeah, nothing like that. Interesting. I mean... I, I'm wondering if that's a byproduct <laughs> of the game not being developed in the U.S., <laughs> seriously it might be because <laughs> i mean most and people think most people in america think college the first thing they think is college football or college basketball but in europe yeah. that's not really the case wonder if that might be an expansion where like that they have a national cheese ball league in the new one <laughs> could where be. that, that becomes an important part of your revenue and you'll have to hire the super expensive coach to right. do that <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly it should be in the game let's be honest like the college experience in the United States, a lot of it is built around sports. A lot of it is funded by sports, as we're now learning with the new name, image, and likeness uh, rules that have been passed in collegiate athletics here in the U.S. over the last year or so. Um, it's a big part of the college life. And another big part of college life is partying and fraternities. How is that handled? How are those handled in the game? Uh, you can, like, set make parties like there's in the student lounge or the student union you can throw a party mm-hmm. you can like show mo- films in the lecture halls and that'll just make your students happy like one of the schools that i like i had just unlocked but didn't get time to play is a notorious party school okay and i don't know what the gimmick's gonna be for that <laughs> like um, that's I, one of the later ones i mean you could get real interesting with that you could be you could have to like try to find people who are 21 or over to buy you your alcohol <laughs> illegally like I guess my my overall question is, how realistic is this really to the college experience? Because to me, kind of two of the real big things, obviously academics are first, but 
two of the other big things about going to college, partying and athletics, are kind of not really a part of the overall experience. Now, as you said, it does provide an opportunity for expansions, but do you expect that those things will eventually be included? I mean, I doubt they're going to have, like, some of those could, like, have really big negative parts. Like, the student union has what they call a bar, but nothing like alcohol. I don't see, like, anyone getting drunk, at least so far, even if it is on the PG-rated non-alcoholic beverage. (laughs) Um. I mean, fraternities, that's a huge deal. Pledging to fraternities and all that. No, I never did. I just would go to their parties and drink beer for free and, and, and never pledge. But it's a big part. Like, I remember I was sitting in class and people would come strolling in and they're like, I haven't slept for three days because so I'm being hazed. Like, I'm surprised that that isn't a part of the game out of the game. I mean, there are clubs that students can, you like, place their recruiting thing and they can join the club and, like, gives them certain benefits. Like, one will make it so they learn better one Mm -hmm. makes them walk faster and one has you selling them out to the cult that's been part of both games if you earn money but it decreases their happiness oh right (laughs) (laughs) interesting vincent what so you already mentioned that this is available day and date already on game pass what other platforms is this available for and what does it cost this is on everything and i want to say it's 40 but i'll check that here in a second how much would you be willing to pay for the game do you think it's worth 40 bucks yeah i definitely think it's worth 40 bucks you'll get a ton of time out of this yeah and it's just enjoyable what about people who played two point hospital that maybe maybe they're like you and they played it for a Mm -hmm. ton of hours and they feel like maybe they burn out on it what is there in this game to bring them back and keep them entertained the main difference is that that while two point as i said two point hospital is more micro focused but uh the campus is more macro focused, so it's, it's a different style of sim, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same like same building blocks, but applied in a different way. And okay. then, of course, the setting works is just different. And it's, and it's a setting that isn't used as much. Because I mean, obviously, Two Point Hospital is like a near clone of Theme Hospital, but mm-hmm. there aren't really any university sims that I know of that are like this. There really aren't. Which game do you like better, Vincent? Mm, I'm trying to think. After 250 hours on Two Point Hospital. I think after all the expansions, like, I mean, expansions are actually more of a mixed bag. Like, some of them introduced mechanics that I didn't like quite as much. Mm -hmm. Like, one of them actually comes back, like, the annoying thing where they have, like, like false patients in your hospital Mm. where you have to, like, watch and see them doing weird stuff, and then you, like, kick them out. Mm. There's a school in, in campus that does this later. I just unlocked it and to confirm that's what it was based on reading the other reviews. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's going to be annoying. But I think that's a hard one. I, I think I might like Hospital a little, little better just based on the base game, but mm-hmm. they're both really good. Yep. Can't go wrong with either one. I enjoyed Two Point Hospital and I never, ever thought I would enjoy playing a, a hospital management sim. Uh, they do kind of transcend the genre in a lot of ways to be entertaining for people who may not be open to those type of games otherwise. So sounds like they've, uh, they've kept that tenant of the franchise intact for two point yeah. campus. Did you figure out if it's 40 bucks or not, Vincent? Yeah, it's 40 bucks and you're hundred percent. Okay. With people buying it at that price. Yeah. Or like as we like to say, aspects. spend $15 for the month and get it on game pass for free. <laughs> so, I mean, this one you'll probably play a lot longer than a month. Yeah. Especially if you're going to go and three star every hospital. 
So maybe this is one where we would recommend that people actually buy it outright instead of just yeah. playing it for free on Game Pass. Especially since if you're like it, you're probably going to want to get all the expansions and stuff. And right. And that's... Yeah. Yep. And that does present a problem because if, if it's not on Game Pass when those expansions come out, then you have to buy the game anyway. So... It does sound like one of those rare examples where we recommend that you actually buy the game instead of just spending the 15 bucks on Game Pass mm -hmm. for the month. Okay, well, Vincent, thank you very much for covering Two Point Campus. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again to Vincent for checking out Two Point Campus. Great report from him. Matt, have any interest in the game? Nope. No? Those Two Point games don't really do anything for me. I will say this. I think they do manage to kind of transcend the subject matter a little bit because yeah, the writing's that. funny and it's lively. It's just, it's just not a gameplay type I'm interested in right it's now. It's a sim. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the last sim that I played was that Jurassic Park game. Yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with that either. Yeah, me either. <laughs> it was a this slow like, week. And this looks like it has a lot more sim to it than... For yeah. sure. The Jurassic Park games, like, I like the concept, but it's more like babysit dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah and i'm like i'm trying to run a business over here i can't keep go catching like runaway hadrosaurs every five minutes yeah like, it's yeah it didn't also like the problem with the uh, you know you got to play that stuff on pc yeah like you need a mouse Point for that click. stuff yep it helps um i generally get enough sim elements from other genres that have sim stuff in them mm -hmm. that i'm like that's pretty much all i need i don't really need to play a full sim game um anymore so um it is on game pass though so if you're looking for something mm -hmm. to play right now and you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can jump in. I think it went up today, or it should have gone up today. Today is its release date. Uh, but as Vincent said in the piece, he does recommend people buy this instead of Game Pass because you'll get hooked on it, and then the DLC, you won't be able to play the DLC. DLC's big for this franchise. So um, I can understand his perspective where it may be smarter to just buy the game at 40 bucks and then have the opportunity to add to it with uh, DLC going forward, which is one thing that does not really work well if you're playing games on game pass like yeah, you gotta do everything separate and piecemeal and if it leaves game pass you gotta buy the main game to kind of use yeah. the dlc again it's like if you're gonna be in for the long dlc haul it's usually better just get the game and with this genre in particular i feel like people know and of course you can always go back and get the game later you know play yeah. it on game pass decide you like it yeah and buy it to get in absolutely but this genre in particular, like people kind of know whether they like the micromanagement of sim games or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so people probably know if they have a predilection to enjoy this before they even put any money down. So um, if you really like sim games, it sounds like the right way to go about playing this one is to just buy it at full price and then set yourself up for a future of DLC. And Two Point Hospital, I think it still just got, I think it may have just got DLC like a couple months ago, like new DLC. They support these games for a long time and in meaningful ways. So thanks again to Vincent for uh, checking it out, and uh, it's time to move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Activision Blizzard again because things are getting dirty in Activision Blizzard land. They're trying to get this acquisition to go through, Matt. And one thing I don't think that we think about a lot of times is that these acquisitions have to go through everywhere in all these different territories. It's not just the United States that's worried about monopolies and antitrust and all that kind of stuff. There are other countries care about it too. Yeah, anywhere they have an office and development teams. Yeah, it's gotta... a concern. And so that's what Microsoft is going through right now, is that 
act this activation blizzard deal is having to go through all these other countries and they're dealing with all the issues in every specific country because the laws are different and the way they look at things are different and what they determine a monopoly or an antitrust issue varies from territory to territory and so microsoft is going through all this now and what you're having are these volleys between microsoft and playstation because obviously playstation is very concerned because it is about to lose activision blizzard and Bethesda games off of his platforms. Those are huge, huge games generally. Now, one could argue Blizzard's, the bulk of its catalog is typically more catered towards PC players, but mm -hmm. in recent times, most of its games have also come to consoles. I mean, Diablo 3, I prefer to play it on console versus a PC, yeah. which I never thought well, I would say. Well, because they never added controller support to the PC version. Right, yeah. So, um, even Blizzard, I feel like, is a bigger deal. So what's happening is you're getting like these two sides coming at this from a different perspective. And both of them are probably being at least a little bit disingenuous. So this week, Microsoft said that there's nothing unique about Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, or any other games in the Activision Blizzard repertoire when regulators in New Zealand were like, hey, wait a minute. Like, I don't know if this, this makes sense for us. It tried to say there's nothing unique about those games, which may be true. I mean, they're, they're, that's correct. I mean, like, there's, there's, they're just, well, World of Warcraft doesn't even make any sense there because World of Warcraft's only on PC. Right. So who, that, is, is Blizzard already a monopoly? Because they only put World of Warcraft on PC. On PC. It's like, <laughs> Blizzard could, Activision Blizzard could just decide to not make Call of Duty for PlayStation, like, without being bought by Microsoft and no one could stop them. Yeah, that's like, what that's, I'm getting at. I don't understand where this is coming from. Like, I understand Microsoft. Like, I'm sorry this is such a big, popular thing, but being popular doesn't mean that it never gets to be moved somewhere else again. Yes. Like, that's the thing that doesn't make any sense here. It like, makes no sense to me at all. No, Activision doesn't own the rights or the means by which to make military shooters. That's what a monopoly would be. If you had to go to Activision to be allowed to make a, a game about modern, modern military, like, shooting things with multiplayer, then they would have a monopoly case but it's just a really popular ip that's yeah. not you can't have a monopoly of ideas right you can't like if you want to do make something that uh, if you if, just make something else as popular as call of duty like that's that's what competition's supposed to mean there well we'll get to sony's angle on this in a second but in, the, the involvement of world of warcraft here is the weirdest thing yeah. because because i can't imagine world of warcraft's really going to change much it's still going to only be on pc they're still going to Keep putting out expansions I don't buy. Like it's gonna like nothing's gonna change for most of that. Well, here's Microsoft's response to New Zealand. Quote, specifically with respect to Activision Blizzard video games, there is nothing unique about the video games developed and published by Activision Blizzard that is a must-have for rival PC and console video game distributors that could give rise to a foreclosure concern. Um, and they continued on. This is coming from the chief operating officer, Daniel Allegre. Um, he said that Call of Duty was one of the most successful entertainment franchises of all time during the earnings call. So they're kind of contradicting themselves a little bit with what they're saying to the regulators versus what they're saying on their yeah. earnings calls. Well, what, well, it's not a contradiction, though, because, like, yes, Call of Duty is successful, but there's nothing preventing any other franchise not owned by Activision from also being that successful. Like, yeah. if, if that was a rule, no one would bother making Battlefield. And maybe they still won't bother making Battlefield in the near future. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, that's all. Call of Duty happens to be the top dog in that genre. But, like, there's nothing particularly special about Call of Duty that makes it that. That's the thing they're saying. It's like, 
and you know some of this is just they got to lay the groundwork and that's that's law you know if you saw mm-hmm. that alex jones clip this week um a lot of what the, the the lawyer for the for the prosecution is doing there is laying groundwork. And uh, that's what most of, like, court stuff is, and it's very boring. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of saying out loud things that everybody already knows but has to be on the record because otherwise it's not on the record and you can't prove yeah. your case. So some of that is that's what's happening here is, like, you have to say it even if everybody knows it because it's got to be in the record. Yep. Um, so some of that's happening here, but it, it can feel a little absurd at times. I can't imagine that this is that there's anything really fully standing in their way. This is just like you, you got to jump through the hoops, the different hoops that each nation or whatever. Because really, when it comes down to it, the solution here would be like, well, at this point, I'm sure Activision Blizzard wants to be bought because um, everybody in charge of that stands to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so the solution, it would probably end up being, well, we're just going to close our New Zealand offices. Like, it's, you know, would you like us to still employ people yeah. here or would you like There's us to go away? Yeah. You know, like, it's, but you're right. You have that leverage. Yeah. So these countries need to it's be It's not careful. a cool, it's not a nice thing to do, but it is an option if you want to be. But look, the, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I don't see any reason why Activision Blizzard should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want with any of these IP. Yeah, I mean, they can. Like, they should be able to take it away from PlayStation if they want to. That's why they spent so much money on this acquisition. Yeah. Well, it's like how you. It's like how can Star Wars and, and Marvel be owned by the same company? Because you can't have a monopoly of ideas. Like, there's yeah. the, like you'd have to... A lot of people try to say Disney's a monopoly, yeah, though. But it's not. It's because, not, though. Because you can make a movie or a theme park or a TV show without Disney's participation. Yep. That's all that means. Like owning yeah. owning all the means of production of a particular industry. That is what a, monopoly, what a monopoly is. is. Yep. That's what antitrust tries to stop. And there is just because you have a thing that a lot of people, bunch of things that a lots of people like. That's not a monopoly. No, it's not. So there's all this stuff going on in Brazil as well. And Sony's response to Brazil is that um, Sony, <laughs> this is insane, says Call of Duty could influence buying a console. No shit. That's the idea. Yeah. That's why Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, is to convince people to buy a freaking Xbox. It's why both of them paid extra to Activision over the years to have DLC and maps first. It's why Sony bought Bungie. It's an incentive. It's why acquisitions are made. Sony, and here's Sony's official verbiage. So I see... Who was it? I think it was Sneaky said something about why yeah, why doesn't Sony just get one of their studios to make a military shooter? If it's good it'll sell, wouldn't it? Agreed a million percent. Here's Sony's perspective on this. Sony calls it an essential game, a blockbuster, a triple A type game that has no rival. Uh, the brand was the only video game IP to break into the top ten of all entertainment brands among fans, joining powerhouses such as Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings. Call of Duty, and this is all Sony's statement, by the way. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty is so popular that it influences users' choice of console. No shit! And its community of loyal users is entrenched enough that even if a competitor had the budget to develop a similar product, it would not be able to rival it. To say the least, players would be unlikely to switch to alternative games as they would lose that familiarity, those skills, and even the friends they made playing the Call of Duty games. End quote. Yeah. No and shit. None of that has anything to do with antitrust. No. 
None. Also, like by that logic, Warner Brothers shouldn't be the, allowed to only be the only one to have the Harry Potter license. Yes, Sony is. Also, Everyone should have to share Harry Potter. Sony is being so stupid because Microsoft. I mean, is, they're t- they're shooting their shot. That's not going to fly. But Microsoft in a, in a is being stupid too because it's being too nice. It is so afraid that this won't go through that it's saying and doing things it should not do. Call of Duty should not be on PlayStation going forward. Now I'm saying like that from if I was a business. Now, personally, do I want to see PlayStation players not be able to play Call of Duty? Of course not. But from a business perspective, Microsoft should yank that shit last week. There's no reason to pay that many billions of dollars if that's not what you're getting. No. Like, I... Already, Microsoft is being dumb, and Sony is pushing it. Well, Microsoft's not being dumb. The fact that they are playing nice looks good to the court, usually. Like, this is all strategic. Um, you think so, it's all lip service, and you think when when it's finally passed through, they're going to be like, "Screw you, we're taking Call of Duty away from PlayStation." Almost certainly, yeah. How much? How long do you think they'll wait to do that after the deal? Well, it depends goes through. how long it takes for the deal to go through, and they're probably not going to throw away development time uh, already spent on a PlayStation version. And they probably have contracts in place at least through 2024 for PlayStation stuff for Call of Duty. But once those are up, I would expect I would expect Call of Duty would become Xbox exclusive probably 2025. That sounds about right to me. But it's this is insane. There is no way there can be anything binding about any of this because no. there's no more contracts beyond a certain point that they have with Sony. I think one thing I did dig up while what was, they don't want to do is give the impression that they're going to break the existing contracts with Sony because then Sony has a separate case on that. Right. One thing that I did dig up in the process of researching this topic for today's show was that there are contractual obligations, and I believe they do last until 2025. Mm-hmm. So I think you actually nailed the year where this could all change. Um, but they do have, con- I think they have contracts for at least two more years. Yeah. But like, but, well, once that's up, it's like there's nothing you can do. It's like, what? You can't tell a company to put their no. product on something. You can't like, make people go to work every day and work on PlayStation no. hardware. It's insane. Like, you can't go tell Disney they have to put Mandalorian Season 3 on HBO Max because Warner Brothers isn't doing well without it. Yeah. Like, that's be, not a yeah, thing. Yeah, because, like, Disney Plus is getting new subscribers because it has yeah. it. Like, that's, yeah, that's why and how like, it works. It's like if Warner Brothers was like, well, we if we could make our own space fantasy movie, but no one would care about it as much as Star Wars, so it's not fair. It's yeah. like, I mean, you're not wrong, but that's also just... That's the game. That's how you know? it works. It's- Commander Fett says this would be like Disney buying Star Wars and letting Netflix yeah. stream Star Wars content. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. And you saw slow. I mean, it took a while because contracts had to be had to be served and contracts had to be honored. All the this all the Fox stuff came yep. off of that and went on to Disney Plus. All the Netflix Marvel stuff left Netflix and after the grace period was up, went on to uh, Disney Plus. Now you're seeing the, the Netflix Marvel actors start to reprise the roles in new yep. forms on the main MCU stuff. Like, yep. like they had to wait for the legal contracts to be up, but now they're free to do whatever the hell they want. And they do not have to, you know, just because Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil in the She-Hulk series doesn't mean they got to share the She-Hulk series with Netflix. Like, that's just what acquisitions are. It's what licenses mean. Yep. Like, the, I mean, I guess that could be wildly different in New Zealand, but it is not as far as I know. Um, it, all this is just lip service, and it's Sony. Sony shooting its shot. I mean, Sony's got to try. Like Sony has to make you know. Even, again, I just wonder if they'd be better off if they didn't try. There's no. I mean, if they just let Microsoft no, like they wouldn't. There's be no stupid. No, there's no. They're they're not being stupid. There's yeah. no stupid here at all. Um, they're going to honor their contracts and then do what they do. 
Yeah. And they, but you cannot just be like, when those contracts are up, we're going to fuck you. Like, that's not, yeah. that's not, doesn't look good to the judge. And you need to, you still need the judge to side with you. And the judge is still a human being that makes a decision on their own. Um, you know, ostensibly by the law, but you can, you can fudge that back and forth depending on what the laws are wherever you are. Um, Again, to go back to the Alex Jones case this week, where after the lawyers revealed that oh, the, 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 the Alex Jones's lawyers had sent accidentally sent them everything. <laughs> His cell phone records. Yeah. It wasn't even just that. It, was every, it sounds like it might have been the whole case. It might have right. been their entire brief. <laughs> and then to fire that lawyer. And then they said, oh, we, you did this. And they didn't you know, make any motion to, to stop it. So they're like, OK, after a certain amount of time, I can use this. And then. You know, the next day, uh, Jones's lawyers basically stood up in front of that judge and said, oh, we did this and this and this, even though there's no record of it. And this is like if we accidentally dropped a key and somebody like found it's like, oh, don't use that key to look at anything else. Uh, I'm going to in another room. And so they went for a mistrial yeah. because they're like, oh, there's no way we can because get a fair trial because up. of this thing we screwed up so bad. And the judge was like. Uh, Are you kidding? Like what? You, and then like the, the you know the prosecution you know the prosecution's like oh here's this phone call and we we never got an email back on this and no one ever said it was sent by the guy's legal assistant right. not, who is definitely fired. fired yeah. Um, and like but 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 again the the Jones's lawyer looked like an idiot standing up oh, there having yeah. to say that shit. But he had to do it. Yeah. You have to take the shot. Yeah. You you know Sony stands to lose a lot by not having Call of Duty on PlayStation anymore and they have to take this shot. Do I think it's going to work? Absolutely not. But you have to do it. Okay, you have to show enough. you're trying. At the, at the very least, to show their shareholders they tried to hold on to this thing and they couldn't. Yeah. You I just, have to try. I just found in my notes, actually, that Activision Blizzard is contractually committed to releasing the next three Call of Duty games for PlayStation consoles, yeah. including this year's Modern Warfare 2. So I'm assuming this year's this Modern year, Warfare 2. Skip. Well, next year, Warzone 2. Is Warzone 2 it may count? come out this year, but it doesn't matter. It's, this isn't mm. a contract based on years. It's based on games. Game, so does skews. Warzone count as one? I'm guessing it does. If Warzone 2 is a skew of its own, I guess. Yeah. So that means they'd have one more. One more of 2024. Which means skipping next year, 25. Yeah. That would be the last year. Yep. So it's going to happen, PlayStation owners. I hate to break it to you, but Call of Duty and yeah. all Activision and, Blizzard's games and, and all Bethesda's were, games are eventually going to be taken away. If things were reversed, it's not like Sony would do it different. No, and I wouldn't blame them either no. if it were Sony doing this. Yeah, pay for how many billion dollars are they paying for? It's like thirty-six billion or yeah. something insane. You, you can do <laughs> yeah. whatever you want with that. You can do whatever you want. Yes. So I hate to break it to you, but eventually, all three of those publishers games are no longer going mm -hmm. to be published on PlayStation. If you consoles. want to play, you know, I mean, Diablo four, I think will probably make it every, it is going to make it. Yeah. yeah. It's already done for like yeah. all the other platforms. So, but if you want to play Diablo five, it's not happening. You're probably going to have to get an Xbox yeah. or a PC. Yeah. And I would not be surprised either with Bethesda. Like if nothing after Starfield. Yeah. But Oh, I mean, absolutely. Starfield, even Xbox exclusive. No, Starfield is Xbox. Yeah. That, that, that's over. Yeah. You never get a Bethesda game on yeah, a PlayStation done. again. Yeah. Death loop was the end. Yeah. And, um, you know, like this is, uh, you know, par for the course, really. So it's, it's, it's how it works. It's how it works. It's so weird how all of a sudden, like PlayStation's like, wait a minute, like also you can't, that's not fair. Also, that's pretty much how they did it. Exactly. It. Like, like Final Fantasy VII wasn't on PlayStation yes. One because of the grace of Square. It was there because they paid them to be there. Exactly. And they can talk about, oh, it was better. They to lost use their this, entire business. Better to use the that. CD, and we could fit more. And say, yeah, but if Nintendo had stuffed your pockets and made you a hat out of money. Final Fantasy would have been on N64. Because yeah, like it was started on the N64. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I, I feel like the messaging on all this stuff has been very... I feel like it's been constructed in a way to not upset PlayStation fans. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's all subterfuge. Well, because Microsoft Microsoft very rightly sees PlayStation fans as potential customers. Right. Like, because at a certain point, you got them over a barrel. Yep. You want to keep playing Call of Duty. Yeah. So, just the truth, people. And if you're a PlayStation owner and you care about the games that these publishers are making, like, you might want to consider. Sony's option is to basically get somebody cranking on a decent SOCOM game. Yeah. Be either build yourself a decent gaming PC or get yourself an Xbox. It's going to be one or the other if you want to continue playing these games. Because I also think that this generation is going to last way longer than people think. And Erebus Jones makes a good point. If you're not a COD fan and you're a PlayStation, you're not really losing much. No. No. There's not much there. You're going to miss out on a Crash Bandicoot game every three every years. Every few years. Like, but you're still, you know, you're going to miss out on a Tony Hawk Diablo game. Diablo 4 is still coming. Overwatch 2 is still coming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in the, you know, if, if there's really cool stuff that's not going to make it to PlayStation, we literally don't know about it yet. Yeah. So. And if you're not a Call of Duty fan, yeah, then who cares? Nothing yeah. of value was lost. I think Bethesda is the bigger loss. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for most people. If I was a play- if I only had a PlayStation and refused to, for whatever reason, buy an Xbox, I, yeah, Starfield would push me over the edge, and I'd get an Xbox for that. For most people, Bethesda is the bigger loss. For PlayStation, the bigger loss is, is oh, for play- in terms of revenue, yeah, because it is yeah. is the top selling game on PlayStation every year. Yeah, it sells twenty million on PlayStation, and God of War does like ten to thirteen. Yeah. So if I were Sony, I would be leaning real hard on Rockstar right now. Yeah. I mean, but that's... Look, fight fire with fire. Yeah. Go out and buy Square Enix. Buy Square Enix, They're sitting yeah. there waiting to be bought. Go buy Ubisoft. You're not... It's not going mean, to get any cheaper than is right it now. Is on par with Call of Duty? No, but it's not nothing to be able to say, you want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake? You got to play it on PlayStation. Yeah, or you want to play the next Assassin's Creed? You got to play it on PlayStation. Yeah. That could be huge. So, Ubi- Ubisoft should be more of a prize than it's being treated as. And maybe it will be, but like right now they're dealing with other acquisitions. Yeah. You only buy so much per year. You know? yeah. If you got a problem with it, fight fire with fire. All the whining and complaining is not going to change a damn If I were thing. Sony, I would be leaning very hard on Take-Two. I would be, I would be like, I want, we want GTA 6 on PlayStation. They made, and, let's be honest, they made Take-Two. PlayStation mm-hmm. did. Grand Theft Auto made Take-Two. PlayStation made Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 3 was identified with PlayStation 2. That was that was the it. first three Grand yeah. Theft Auto 3D games were PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. Even when they came to Xbox, and they did not yeah. too long later, but they were PlayStation games yes. in the minds of the vast majority yes. of people. I remember GTA 4 was such a big deal that it was coming to Xbox that like Peter Moore got a fake tattoo. Like yeah. that's how big a deal it was that it was coming. But then Peter away Moore from- got tattoos about everything. <laughs> so anyway, just giving you fair warning that I don't think that this is going to play out the way a lot of you may think it's going to play out. Um, I mean, if you think it's going to play out anything other than Microsoft acquires Activision Blizzard and Call of Duty's Nolagar and PlayStation about four years, uh, you got another thing coming. In like three and three years, two and a half years, it'll be gone. Yeah, depending on what counts as three games, uh, I think 2025 could be the first year with no Call of Duty on PlayStation. Yeah. Yep, so it'll be interesting to watch, but just uh, letting you guys know that things are not as rosy as you might have thought. Because, in all honesty, the things that Microsoft has said, (laughs) it has been the one who's been driving this narrative. It hasn't even really been PlayStation. So, Mm -hmm. it's just the whole thing is so bizarre. Like, just buy it and do what the hell you want. Like, I just don't understand why. I understand they want to try to get it through regulators, but the regulators don't have a a foot to, to stand on. They don't. There's no law that could prevent mm. this from happening. So, 
And there never will be. Yeah, there never will be. So like, there's no reason to change the law on this. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense to to all like, people. I've seen people talk about. In fact, Vincent's talking about it right now. Like, this is not going to change anything. No, this is just, why should it? It's it's just success versus unsuccessful. Like, it, it doesn't. There's mean no anything. reason for it to no. change anything. You'd have to prove in court and in a legislative body that there is no possible way to compete with or replace Call of Duty. And if there's one thing we have seen over and over, is you never know what is going to be the next big thing. The other thing too is that like saying that we're not good enough to do it is not an excuse. No, like we, like we we could never make anything that good is not really. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't fly. Anyway, it's just this. It's it's, this it's tale. a it's a very funny tactic to, for them to use, yeah. and it's kind of the only one they have. Yeah, but it's yeah, it, no one's gonna, the judge is not going to buy that. It's like, weird it's, to see groveling Sony. You don't get to see that very often because <laughs> they're the leader generally, and uh, everyone else usually does the groveling, but not this time. Uh, tech is there's this is not regulating tech. This is IP. This yeah. is copyright. This this is this is intellectual property. There's no tech here. Yeah. This is this is just. You have more successful ideas than we do. Yeah, like that's when it. when they say they're going after tech giants, they're not talking about Call of Duty. No, Vincent, that's not right. What is he saying? He's, number two is never going to be good enough to beat number one. That's a monopoly. No, no. it is not. No, a monopoly not is a monopoly. owning the means of production <laughs> to compete. Owning a good idea is not preventing anyone from coming up with a better idea. And you can never prove in court or in a legislative body that you can't come up with a better idea than something. That's not a legal That's not standing. how any of this works That's like, at all. I suck. You're good. Give me money. Like, what the hell? No, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't work that you way. You will never ever. You can never prove that Marvel is too popular for Disney to own it anymore. And we have to change the laws so that so people like, get to share a comic book idea. So everybody gets That's to make not a money thing. off of it Marvel. Never be a thing. It, ha- it would have to be means of production. There is no means of production owned here. It's simply an idea. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this has been a saga. That's just gone up and down and up and down. And, and like everyone's like, how's it going to all play out? We just told you how it's going to all play out. As soon as that contract is up for Call of Duty, sayonara, suckers. It is gone off of PlayStation platforms. That's just the way it's going to be. And Sony needs to fight fire with fire by, as you said, put a crack team on the SOCOM IP. Make a better game. Yeah. They can't. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. They just claimed it. <laughs> they just said I think I think Sony has people in their stables that could make a make a, D, a Call of Duty competitor. Yeah. But they just haven't chosen to because they haven't needed to. They don't need to because they're making so much money off the third party sales well, not, on their platform from Call of Duty. But also like you got Bungie now. Yeah. Like just yeah. have them You can't compete and you got Bungie in the house. Like I don't know if there's anyone more qualified to compete. <laughs> It's now, I don't know what the deal they have with Bungie is because it seems like they got, you know, Bungie's not going exclusive mm-hmm. and at least not with Destiny. Yeah. And they seem to almost be brought on, have been brought on as consultants, like full time consultants for games as a service. Um, yeah. But like, you got, you got some of the best shooter makers in the history of the genre sitting right there. Yeah. You can make something that could, if, if, if it's that important to you, right. You could, you could make that happen. Yeah. If it's going to destroy your business that you don't have Call of Duty anymore, get on it, get cracking. Make something better. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Okay. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that Matt played this week. Now, I'm surprised that you played this, but did not play more Xenoblade. Uh, but it is quite different. So maybe you were just looking for a change of pace or whatever in what you're playing for the week. Uh, Matt has been playing a game called Gigapocalypse, mm-hmm. which is kind of a a mashup between like Streets of Rage and Rampage. Is that a fair way to describe um, it? 
No. It, no? It, no streets. Of, it's not Streets of Rage. It's more it's like... It's like a beat-em-up, isn't it? No. no. Oh, I thought it was. It's an auto-scrolling... Um, <laughs> God, it's actually more Missile Command in a oh, weird really? way. Because you're aiming with a cursor. Yeah. And um, you're picking like the spots that you want to attack. You aim right? with a cursor, and then you're choosing skills like an MMO so that oh. then have a cooldown. So you have like special moves or like MMO stuff. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, it is not really a direct beat 'em up. Um, although you have a melee attack, it's just not your main thing. Um, yeah, this is this. I mostly got this because uh, you know kaiju. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that you're fight. You're controlling your giant monster. I kind of hinted um, at that with the rampage reference. Yeah. So what this? I I just saw this on on Xbox Store on the Microsoft Store and it was ten bucks. So I'm like, okay, fine. Well, it was so it was announced. It was released for PC like a year ago. Yeah. And it just came to consoles this yeah, week. Yeah, it's new new on consoles. So I, and it's very clearly it was originally on PC because they did not really alter the the, the cursor. Yeah. And in fact, you have to navigate the menus by placing the cursor over the tiny little buttons we're getting a lot of that lately and i'm like you should, I should just hit b and get out of the menu like yeah. but you can't you have to click everything <laughs> um so that's a downside but basically so what this is so yeah so the, the the monster walks automatically to the right and you have to balance and so you see down in the corner under the cg there's the green orb is your life and the orange red orb is your rage your rage is basically mana to do anything you need rage and you get rage back automatically, it recharges, or by destroying stuff, or by getting hurt. Um, so basically, the thing walks to the right. So and are you are you playing in fear of like being tripped and falling down? No, being shot. <laughs> being shot enough that your life goes away. And some stuff, obviously the little guys with the machine guns on the ground are not gonna hurt you very much, but eventually you run into like missiles and uh-huh. satellites and like laser can't like stuff you know your 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 life can go way down in a, in a hurry if you hit the wrong thing um and you have you so what happens here this is the opening thing you're right i can see now why you say it's like missile command yeah you yeah. just sort of in all you see the thing that's like the the shield he has and like the she actually that's a she the monster's a she um shoots the little like thing out along the ground those are automatic those are all skills they're having on the only thing you're controlling is like the aimed beams mm-hmm. and you can hit B and she'll like scratch with her claws to knock down like things that are close. And then you've got the skills down there. So that was an electromagnetic magnetic pulse. You got fireballs, you got an ability that sucks a bunch of humans in and heals you. Um, and they all have cooldowns you have to wait for. So that's the basic game. Well, so what happens at the end of this little short level is they, they send the monster through this like portal and it de-ages it into a baby. What? And so the meat of the game is you take the baby monster back and you have to raise the baby monster. Oh. So the mo- it's like this little baby monster in a diaper sitting on the on the ground <laughs> with a with a pacifier and that's the stage where you you can upgrade them. So you can go and you can go upgrade all the skills and you can up you can buy decor for where the monster lives so like like certain plants give it a bonus to health and a certain like so you like are upgrading it by incrementally by like adding decorations to the, the little place you can pet them and that can give them more mutation points and you can feed them and that gives them sometimes more mutation points and then you, you have got bonus abilities the, the big the big cooldown abilities that unlock every five levels basically mm-hmm. Um, and every time you level up, you get skill points, and those go to like upgrade those things. And every time you blow stuff up, every everything you do in the level gains you. You know your point score is also your mutation point score, and you can use that to upgrade the abil- the basic abilities, the mutations. You can get pets, 
like little creatures that float around alongside you and do things. Like I have one that heals me 45 health per second and another that fires a missile out every five minutes. You know, it's kind of like the little option things in Gradius. Yeah, um, like a shmup. Yeah, and you got quests and achievements so you can like, yes, there you are. So there's your baby baby monster. <laughs> um, you have to clean his poop up once in a while. Uh, there it is. Uh, you can, um, and so that's what that is. And so you And so you level the monster up and in this screen and then you go to the to the right and you pick what city you want to go to and then you go through you play a city level and uh-huh. cities are so far at least i haven't played all of them yet but they there's broken into there's your uh main skill your, your cooldown skills uh so there's so you can um the the cities are broken into two pieces so there's a checkpoint halfway through that you can start from if you start it over so basically you go in and you just try to get to the end and survive uh, that's annihilate. You can do endless mode and just play until you die, and mm-hmm. that's also a way to get more to level up. Basically, oh, if you okay. want to grind, um, like it's kind of like grinding in an RPG. Yeah. But in this, like, so the basic thing is, you, so you're walking through. So now you've been depowered from that first level. The first level, you got everything maxed, and so now you so got like re- Metroid where they take yeah. all your powers. So now away. you got to rebuild everything. So you're walking up to the me no rage, <laughs> me Grimlock, uh, and so here you, you'd have to hit B to, to slash that building to destroy it. And eventually, you'll have a bunch of stuff that attacks automatically, so like you won't have to worry about manually getting through the buildings, and they just sort of crumble as you walk through. Uh, you can have things where every time you hit something with your claws, you heal yourself. That's very handy. Um, and you know, you go through like all these various, you know, there's like a Wild West level, and like it gets weird. Like it, it gets very strange because of the time travel aspect. If you get a blow, that's like a Cthulhu thing there. If you blow uh-huh. that up, you get points. If you blow up these little like weird things, you see. There's weird characters that pop up through the course. There's a Halloween level. It's now when you play with different kaiju, how does that Im- impact the game? Is it uh, crazily different, or is it just like a palette di- swap? No, it's not a palette swap. There's three, and they're they're all very different. They're they're different uh, skill level basically. So this is the this is the easy one. There's a um, who's pretty straightforward. There is a um, a water one that's the intermediate. Um, and that one, I I played a little bit with that one, and that one seems to be more about having like allies and and like summoning things, I think. And then the there's a there's a third one, the hardened one is a, like a like a big rock monster, mm-hmm. and that one I have not played. Okay. Um, and you can you can switch back and forth, and it saves your progress in each one, um, so you can do whatever you want there. And uh, but it's just fun. And at the end of each level, you fight a boss, and the bosses are usually like kind of you know, it's a big fight with a guy with a life bar. But there's usually like a gimmick like the at the end of the first game, first level, um, you fight um, this giant a giant knight like mech suit, but like it's like a math based fight. So periodically, <laughs> okay. so you have to fight him, but then periodically it'll it'll challenge you to solve a very basic addition problem, and you it'll say be like yeah, solve this, and it's like blank plus blank equals like 12 and you have to scroll the numbers through to get to two numbers that add up to 12 Uh and if you get it correct and i don't know how you wouldn't um when you come back out to the battle he gets electrocuted by this thing and gets your chat to get some free hits on him um and so that's a and like you there is a real sense of real progression like every upgrade is pretty meaningful and change you can go through the same thing again and feel like oh this is much easier than before like you're going to struggle to get to the first checkpoint the first time you play that first city do you and get then, a score for each level you get a, your score is your is what adds up to your mutation points okay is so, there like leaderboards and stuff like that if there are i haven't seen them okay um probably that sometimes motivates you to keep I don't perfecting care. your play. Now, you, what you want is the higher your score, the more you get upgrades to buy. No, gotcha. that's what that's what you're after. Your score translates directly into what you get to spend on um, 
on your leaderboard. So it's not, it's not equal. It's not you get like one hundred thirty thousand. It translates to like however thousand, how many thousand uh, mutation points. So um, and that's about it. Like there's a surprising amount of lore in it. Like there's a lore button there. There's like a backstory to everything, and it's all kind of very, it's very pulpy old sci-fi stuff, you know, comic booky stuff. But it's fun. There's a lot of references to you know kaiju movies and old comic books and sci-fi stuff. Um, and it's weirdly charming. Like it's, it, it's, I mean, I can see that just from yeah. the B-roll. Yeah, and it's, you can you can customize the monsters. So yeah, there's all these different color skins you can put on them. Um, there's a lot of references to things uh, from you know. There's, obviously, that's Godzilla, but like. Looks like it would work as a mobile game as well. It would. Like you, you could definitely you can definitely play this tapping. Mm-hmm. This, would, this would be a good tapping. I think you'd lose a lot of detail because there is actually a lot of small detail on the ground. Like yeah. every individual person, and they're all shooting at you, and like like the stuff breaks apart. And, you, and there's a lot of like interactivity, like with the you know you blow a you blow a truck up. And it'll kill all the people around it and damage the building. And if the building falls and the rubble that falls off of it hits another building, it'll damage that building. Oh, so sometimes you can like you can kind of like cascade it. Like you knock a building over in front of you and it'll hit, destroy the building in, fr- in front of that and destroy the building in front of that. And then it'll land on something that blows up and that'll kill a bunch of other people. And then the ambulance runs into that and that blows up and it blows the car up behind. You know, there's a lot of chains in that. And once like things in the air start showing up, anything you shoot out of the air that falls down usually will damage stuff on the ground. So like. You know, it's scary when a giant, you know, attack chopper comes in. But if you shoot that down, it will blow the stuff up on the ground. There's like drones that come in, and that's very sad. Like the drone, so eventually you get to upgrade the laser, so it um it hits like a bunch of different things. It like spreads out. So like a swarm of drones comes in, you hit the one drone, it all spreads out to hit them all, and they all fall down in oh. balls of flame. And everywhere the ball of flame hits from a drone, it kills whatever's there. You could get strategic too, where you're trying to drop aircraft above things, yep. so when they go down, they actually blow up more than yep. just. Yeah, there's, there's a layer that. of strategy there, and uh, and it's not it's not easy. Like it, it, uh, it doesn't you know, look easy. Like there and there's points where you have to kind of figure out what you need to upgrade to get there. Like you know, in the Wild West, about halfway past half the halfway point of the Wild West thing, there's you hit a point where like you are just going your life. To, you know, you've been sort of stomping through. You're kind of mm-hmm. doing all right, and you hit this point, and your life just goes gone, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell is hitting me? And you got to figure out what that is and what your upgrade to counter that is, because there's upgrades for you know to counter missiles and 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 just general damage and to res- you know restore your health faster automatically and moves that give you health back and like. You know, there's a, there's there's a lot of uh, stuff in there, and there's and I can see definitely the uh, like the water monster was like a very different way to play, even though it's you know similar, but like what you need to do, you know this is just sort of brute strength, sort of like yeah. you know most of your abilities here are just big you know super bombs that just like kill everything around you or whatever or heal you real fast, uh, whereas the other monsters have abilities that are a little more you know esoteric, let's say. Okay. Um, it's ten bucks. Yeah, you said ten ten dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. It seems like it's well worth ten bucks. Yeah, it's not on Game Pass, but it is ten bucks. And yeah. I thought that was I've definitely got ten bucks worth of entertainment out of this so far. And that's where we're at, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, these are the interesting games that came out this week that we recommend that you check out. Like, that's where we're at right now with Hot Boy Summer in the gaming industry. It is so flipping slow. Um, but I like I said in last week's show, like I've kind of enjoyed exploring some of these games that I wouldn't have given the time of day to in a normal release release schedule. Um, and I think this is another one. You probably wouldn't have played this if you had some other big... If we even had Saints no. Row right now. Uh, I mean, I probably it's got giant monsters in it. It would have caught my eye. <laughs> it would have like, got you eventually. Kai, Kaiju will always catch my eye a little bit. Yeah. This one got completely slipped under my radar. Probably because it had released for PC yeah, a while old. ago. 
But um, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. So the other thing too about this for people who are listening to the audio version of this, this is available for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mm. There aren't. Although I think it probably still plays on Xbox Series and PS5. It's yeah, just not I enhanced so. for those platforms. No, definitely not enhanced. I don't know what you'd really do. What would you enhance? No, I don't know. <laughs> the load I time. will say that it's definitely... I mean, I got it on Xbox, but I do kind of wish I got it on PC because clearly it's built for a mouse. Yeah, it would um, work a lot better. It's not bad with a controller, but it is annoying at times. Navigating the menus sucks. It's it's that is annoying. not built for buttons. Yeah. So, But other than that, like I enjoyed it. Yep, there you go. That's Gigapocalypse, $10.00. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And so, it's come to that time for... We didn't do it last week. We didn't have any prizes to give out to you guys. But SJD Swanland has come through and loaded us up with some free game codes to give you guys for the winner of Name That Game. For those of you maybe checking it out for the first time, I'm going to show you a series of screenshots. It's your job to guess the name of the game. You're playing against this guy right here. If you name the name of the game before him, you will win a free game. You're also playing against all the other people in chat. Now, one thing to keep in mind is you cannot spam chat with game names. We have it on slow mode, which means you can only send one message every 60 seconds. So you can't just start typing out random video game names, hoping that you guess it right. Um, because you only get one guess every 60 seconds, and chances are we will have shown another screenshot at that point that will help somebody else get the name of the game. Another thing, if you have won this game at any point this year, do not play, do not type at all. Do not type hints, do not type in false positives, do not try to manipulate the game in any way, shape, or form. Please don't. Um, you've already won, you got your free game, you got your set of stickers or whatever. Let somebody else win, let somebody else have fun. Um, I'm psyched for this week's installment of Name That Game. I think I'm going to make it to at least the third image again. At least I mm. think so. Um, I've been doing pretty well lately. I think I'm starting to figure it out as far as making it engaging so that I'm not making it impossible. Um, and, but still, it's taking at least a few images before you guys finally guess the name of the game. Um, okay, I think we're ready. Are you ready, Matt? Mm-hmm. Okay. For all the good it does, I never get it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, because they're too freaking good. The people that play this are too good. Uh, so anyway, we are ready for Name That Game. Here comes image number one. It actually does look familiar. I know this will look familiar to a lot of people, this image. Oh my god. They got it already. First wow. guess. Rage. Rage. Ash is in the hourglass. How did you do that? Wow. It's over. You guys can stop guessing. The very first guess from the very first person. Now that you say now, I mean now he says I know that's why I recognize it. Uh, it could be it doom. Was, but that it, that that rubble is very because that rubble texture is repeated all the time and it's and the way it and the way it's bent over this it, is insane yeah, dude yeah i get it that's a dude, good call no, that is insane ashes in the hourglass dude that is insane there is some there is something unique to how rage looks in the in the way they you remember they did that weird thing where they kind of laid the you know it was that that new tech where they the carmack did where <laughs> oh they laid that whole God. thing out yeah mega textures yes oh my god ashes dude that is the most amazing name that game performance 
ever. Nothing comes close. That is unfreaking real. <laughs> That's insane that he got it from that. Wow. Dude, that is... I am stunned. Yeah, that's what sneaky is—the triangular rubble. It's it's there's something about it. But I that could have—we got to realize that that could have been like an indie game, and that no, could be it, like a no, pyramid. I, like, no, I knew, I knew that. I just would never really. But the other thing put, too, put Matt, is that Rage is this game that has just been long since forgotten. Apparently not by him. That is just wow. I mean, I saw that and I knew I knew it, but I could not place it to the to the game. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll go through the other images here because I did the work for no reason apparently. Um, here's image two. Yeah, that's gross. I'm sure that's a big zoom. It is zoomed in. Yeah. But like, what? Look at the aliasing. Yeah, that's zoomed in. A lot of these images are zoomed in. Mm-hmm. Here's the third image, and I don't think anybody would have got it from that. No, I wouldn't have got it. The, the rubble was more iconic than Which the windows. Which is so weird. It's just something about how that mega texture shit worked. Here's the third one. Yeah, I don't recognize that. Obviously, either. a creature's arm yeah. that I thought might give it away because then you start remembering like the big juggernaut enemies in the game. Um, here's a fourth image showing like a monster the, the truck buggy. wheel. Yeah. Uh, th- and you could in this screenshot you can also see that it's like in the desert. Yeah, the red the red hills are are again. Uh, that's why I didn't think this would give it away. It looks like Doom to me, or a Doom no, clone. That, that has a very specific look to it. Wow! Not that I could, not that you I guys, placed it. You guys really yeah. blow my mind. It's really amazing. So as soon as it came up, my mind said, "I know that rubble." But you didn't know it though. But I do know it. I just couldn't match it to the game. But he did, and yeah. it's this game that like most people have completely forgotten about. That no one even thinks about anymore. Apparently not. It came and went like with a whimper. I mean, there was a sequel not too long ago. <laughs> There's the fourth one. I would argue the... people forgot the sequel faster than the, the original. Yeah. And here's the uh, the final shot, which you can see mm-hmm. like one of the desert dudes shooting from a turret in the back of a car. You can yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, that's either Rage or like Mad Max. Exactly. So. Yeah, there's a dune buggy there on the bottom right. But I think people also remember that game because it just it didn't end. It just stopped. Yeah. They eventually added an ending like a kind year of. later, but like Still originally, very satisfying. it just it literally just. But when it came out, it literally just stopped at one point. Yeah, wow, that is amazing. Ashes in the Hourglass. I am really impressed, man. Congratulations, great job. I also thought he had won before, but I guess not. Well, you've won now <laughs> in in a very impressive fashion. In fact, I'm going to give you another round of applause for that because, damn, dude, that blows my mind. It wasn't even like. He didn't even think about it. Yeah, he, as soon as he saw it, he knew it. He knew it was Rage and not Rage Two. Think yeah. about that. Well, it's not. It's not like neon enough to be Rage Two. Wow, you guys are amazing. Because okay. Rage Two didn't use that same tech. I don't think it did. It didn't look like that. Yeah, I don't think so. There is something peculiar about the look of that game because of that mega texture thing. Well, Nothing the funny thing was the mega like textures it. was supposed to be this advanced, amazing texturing technique. But the truth is, when you went and looked up to the textures up close, they looked terrible. terrible. And it broke the PC <laughs> yeah, version, basically. It, it wouldn't work, because it was trying to do the whole world yeah. at once, basically. Not one of Carmack's better pieces no. of tech. Like, I see why, I see the appeal of it, but it just, yeah, it did not, it yeah. was not worth what you had to do to make it work properly. Yeah. You guys just continue to blow my mind and name that game. It really is amazing. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. Get at us. We'll get you your free game code out. You can DM us here on Twitch. Uh, you can DM me personally on Sifted at Shane. You can send a DM on Twitter to me at Dinfire or to Sifted Games on 
Twitter, any of those places work. Uh, just let us know, and uh, we'll get you your free code. And congratulations for winning Name That Game. You guys are amazing. It really is mind-boggling that you guys get this stuff. Not that you get it, but you get it so quickly. Like, I, I'm just... I'm proud of our audience, man. Like, our people know their shit. I would put you guys up against anybody else. Anyone. And I guarantee you would wipe the mat with them. I would Actually, that would be kind of fun to do this game like our crew against like, I don't know, Kind of Funny's crew versus IGN's crew. Or even just doing like a like a quiz show with like fans of the various publications representing the publications in the quiz show. I think that would be pretty cool too. So anyway, let's give someone a free idea out there that someone else can capitalize on because I can't afford to do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, send us uh, your deets and we'll get that game out to you. And congratulations once again, Ashes in the Hourglass. It's time now for Q&A. Before I do that, I'm going to pimp Matt and I's Twitter accounts. I'm at Dinfire. Matt is at M. Kyle. Uh, so if you guys are listening to this show out on any of the podcast services, and we're on all of them, give us a follow. Give Sifted a follow as well, at Sifted Games. And if you're not a patron or a subscriber, you should definitely follow Sifted on Twitter because that's how you'll get alerted that all our content has gone up for free on YouTube. So if Game Face, this episode goes up on Sunday, um, you will get an alert if you follow us on Twitter and you'll know right away when that stuff goes up. So it's definitely worth doing. Um, and also, if you're interested in supporting us, you can head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And you can pledge whatever you want. You can give us a dollar. You can give us a billion dollars. Uh, whatever you can afford, hit us up. That'll be awesome. We really appreciate it. Um, and it's time for some Q&A. You guys are very well trained and you're already in there asking questions. In fact, there's a ton already. We do have a little bit of time. We can answer a few because we spent a lot of time at the beginning of the show trying to figure out the show audio. Thanks to you guys, we eventually figured that all out. Um, Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. Timezini, thank you for Twitch Prime. Blade666999, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, anybody else? Okay, I think that's it. Um, Cinetike says, I won stickers last year. Can I resume playing Name That Game? You can. Yeah, you can jump back in. Go ahead, dude. If you if you won last not, year, not today, not it's a little late today. That but, was, yeah. Uh, but yeah, for next week you can start playing against Cinetike. Not it, much of a chance today. Yeah, we'll draw the line with if you won last year, you can play again in now in 2022. Um, okay, let's get to some questions. The Legacy Sony is publishing Deviation Games, former Treyarch devs, and Firewalk Studios, former Bungie devs, first games. They could buy Deviation Games and probably Monsters, Firewalk owners, and together with Haven Studios, boy, this is getting complicated, former Assassin's Creed devs, so they will to compete just with talent, not IP. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I assume that's in <laughs> reference to the whole... Is that a question? <laughs> it's not. No, there's. Uh, they will build up their their talent their talent pool because they don't really have... I mean, what are you, you guys, you could try to bring Killzone or Mag back, but... Well, imagine the gall of Sony, which has Naughty Dog, Insomniac, all these amazing studios, some of the best in the world, and then you go and admit you can't make a game as good as Call of Duty? That is bad form for Sony. Yeah. That is bad form. I mean, that's that's like like that EA single-player game suck tweet when yeah, you've right. got all your teams <laughs> working on single-player games. Yep. 
Sneaky, any thoughts on the God of War port released on Xbox last week? I played it; it was fantastic. My game. What the hell is he talking about? I don't know. I, I, is it, there was some like horrible shovelware thing, like War Gods, son, Ares, son, Zeus of Sun, or something. It was a blatant war, uh, God of War ripoff, and it got pulled from the store because it was clearly infringement and terrible. Uh, is that what he's talking about? You think? I. That's the only thing I can think of. So he's being facetious. I he's guess. Joking. Okay. Gotcha. Zeus of Child. That's what it was. No, that's called. what it was called. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. <laughs> um, Kevin Rafa, thoughts on the rumors regarding the new Tomb Raider game? Have you heard those, Matt? No. That she has a um, she's has a romantic relationship with a woman. Sure. In the game, um, I'm sure that will infuriate some of. Uh, some of the players among us who mm-hmm. have unhealthy infatuations with video game characters like Lara Croft. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to be happy about the fact that she will be gay in the new game, according to these rumors. But uh, I have no problem with it. I don't care. She's just a video game character. She can do whatever the hell she wants. Um, so, interesting can anybody, new so can anybody. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. It's an interesting Including not play the Tomb Raider game and leave us alone. Yeah. How about that? But that's the only thing I heard about the game, Kevin. So if you have seen something else in addition to that let us know in chat and we'll address that as well but as of right now that's the only thing that i've really seen about it as far as what's leaked out but there may be yeah. more i just missed i really it. also i don't feel like that's some kind of change i feel like that's been implied a few times really that, that lara's at least interested in both maybe i always thought she was straight but i i haven't really thought about it I, I, in the new one in the new one i have always gotten more of a more of a lesbian vibe from yeah her. maybe yeah. Um, I just never really thought about it, I guess. But now that I think about Who it... Who has ever thought about sexuality in relation to Lara Croft? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I just looked at her boobs, but it's... I don't know. I never got that vibe, but now that I think about it, she's never been with a guy in no. the game. She's never had really a love interest in any of the games that were a, was a guy. No. So Certainly there's nothing happening between her and Jonah. Yeah. They're just buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ashes in the Hourglass. We're definitely going to take your question because you just won Name That Game. I just played Fatal Frame for the first time and found it rough but solid. Excited to play Fatal Frame 2 eventually. Wondering your guys' thoughts on this series. I think you nailed it. Yeah, rough but solid is pretty... I would maybe say rough but unique. Yeah, I I would also say stop at two. Yeah, don't I think, go I think any two, further. Two is the best one and I think that's all you really need. Yeah. it's. I would also argue that like... If you played one, you kind of played them all. They don't yeah, really never, expand on the idea. Even, I, th- very I think much. two refines it a little bit, but it I obviously think looks better. Two is the best one, and mm-hmm. I think you're good. I mean, at the very least, it's sort of like Silent Hill. After you get past two, just expect everything else to be downhill. Not quite as good. Be prepared. Did Fatal Frame Two ever come out for anything other than Wii U in the U.S.? That was that was like Fatal Frame Four. Oh, it was. Yeah, Fatal Frame Two was on the PS2 and Xbox. Oh. Uh, Fatal Frame Three, I think, was also on the PS. Two, maybe PS3. The, the I know it started on PlayStation. The one on Wii U, I think, was um, I believe something it's the of fourth. butterflies or something. Crimson Butterflies, the second one. Um, it was Fatal Frame Two on Wii U. No, it's not. Hmm. Uh, Maiden of Black Water is the Wii U. Oh, one. Maiden of Black Water. That's right. And that's the, like the, I think it's the fourth one, the okay. fourth or fifth one. Some of them didn't come here, so our, 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 my my numbering might be off. Okay. But the first three were like more PlayStation Two era. 
Um, Mike Key says, I mean, that's basically Mysterious Monsters from Easy Allies. What does that mean? I don't know. Is that their, like, game show or something? I don't know. But that's I mean, I watched easy. an Easy Allies game show a long time ago that was hosted by Kyle. But it wasn't, like, what I just described at all. So maybe they have something else. Um, but they haven't invited us to participate. Why hasn't Easy Allies invited our fans to go and compete on that show? That's my question. I mean, if they saw that rage thing, they're never going to go. Uh, <laughs> You're right, it. man. They're like, no way. We're keeping the sifters out of this. They'll just crush us. Um, one Super Master Gamer, did you guys uh, have time to watch the Sandman? We talked about this in the show Open, actually, Sandman. I have not watched it. Matt, you have, right? No. You haven't watched it. No. We were talking about how we've heard it's amazing and people are loving it. But, yeah, that's pretty much the extent of it. Um... Let's see. Slagathor, thank you for Twitch Prime. I already thanked all these people, actually. Um, not Cirque. This Evo has seen that fighting game companies are making games more accessible. What do you think it will take to get more gamers into fighting games? I don't know. Well, I wonder what made him think that they're making them more uh, accessible. Uh, there's a lot more accessibility options on modern fighters, like, you know, colorblind, etc. Um, kind of like all games right yeah, now. Yeah, but like also, you know, fighting games have a very high... Um, you know, a, a high execution window, but a lot of them have easier ways to do inputs now and things like that. So people that don't have the hand dexterity can play. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously that stuff is good and it helps people that are interested get it. But I think I don't know if there's really much you can do to get more people into fighting games if they're not already interested in the idea. Like, because it's not like the it's simplicity a hard of the to no. The, the simplicity of the idea is is it's, it's kind of it's a double edged sword. Because on one hand, it's easy to understand and understand and see what you're you know see what you're seeing and get into it. On the other hand, if you're not interested in that, there's not really anything else to hook you, right? It's like one of, fighting games. Are one of those things you either you either are interested in it or you're not. I don't think there's much you can do to entice someone who is not already kind of by default interested in the one on one fighting idea. I'd agree. You know? It's People get it. Like either they're into it or they're not yeah. into it. Everyone's at least played a fighting game once. Yeah, like, everyone knows what Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat yeah. are. There's no, there's no mystery there. So I think it's intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah, they're just sure. like these people are so good already. I feel like I don't have a chance. Like I've been playing fighting games my whole life, and I feel like that sometimes. Like playing as really good players, like playing as Matt, mm -hmm. like he just crushes me. Like, and I've been playing for a long time, so I can understand why some people are nervous or reluctant to dive into fighting games and. The community can be a little standoffish. I think in person, the community is way better than they are, oh, like yeah. virtually. On online, it's you're gonna get the different mail story. And, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've gotten some very amusing PlayStation Network messages. Yep. <laughs> After you win matches, <laughs> and all it's always just like, oh, we're just gonna do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, because you don't well, counter stop it. it. Stop it then. Make me if stop you're good, doing it. You yeah. can stop it. You can't stop it. I'm gonna keep using it. Um, minority games where does you unused ip go to die uh <laughs> ea's closet yeah it's in ea's vault that's where it goes <laughs> um i sneaky saying look it up i guess he's talking about the god they of got war a war game. thing yeah nope not gonna do that bro you can explain it to us because that's how this works um oh kevin roffa says it would apparently also have co-op the new tomb raider oh all right that's a cool twist that's a new twist that i would be down could with. be something there yeah um what else we got here uh Cinetike says fatal frame one through three on ps2 uh vincent is multiverse a lock for the main evo 2023 lineup does it replace mk11 or something else 
I wouldn't say it's a lock, but I'd say it's pretty likely. Yeah. And yeah, MK11 will probably be done by then. Yeah. We may already have information on MK12 by then. Or whatever their next thing is. Or whatever is, it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's time for Injustice 3, but really. DC but, stuff up in the air at Warner Brothers. And... No, it's not up in the air. They could they could do it. But it's a, what it what it comes down to is is our is Warner Brothers so immediate future focused on getting these things sold off that they wouldn't allow one of their other holdings to be played with by their, you know, holding it in Netherrealm. Right. Um, if that's what's happening, like, I, that's basically a fire sale at that yeah. point. But it's probably either Injustice or, um, uh, or you know, Mortal Kombat 12, and we'll see where they go. But rumor is we're going to see that by the end of the year, whatever their next thing is. It seems like we should have seen it already. Eh, but because of the pandemic, everything's slow. Things have been pushed back. I would say... I would not be shocked to see something from Ed Boon at uh, the Game Awards. Me either. In fact, I, I would, I would say book it, but I'm not a thousand percent sure. But I'm pretty damn close to a thousand percent sure. Um, I love this one, Pacrius. I think I'm saying that correctly. Should Evo have older gamer divisions? Ha. Um, I would love that for me, but no one's gonna watch a bunch the, of old. The people. older gamer division <laughs> is called Casuals, yeah. boys. Like that's you, that's where you go play in the back alley with with the with the super nintendo setup well the older division is like daigo <laughs> yeah i mean daigo daigo's is f- over 40 now so yeah he, yeah but he can still Justin do it Wong, like these guys that are still like better than you can ever comprehend yeah like they would still just destroy me like i yeah. wouldn't help me at all but i mean it could get to a point where if you want to see players like daigo play but they're not good enough anymore to be in the main tournament would i want to watch them play in another division maybe what yeah like would i watch like a like a fighting game all-stars tournament like this maybe. just like people over yeah, a certain age that'd, that'd, that. that'd, yeah. that'd be cool but like if you look at traditional you need to find someone to sponsor that yeah but if you look at traditional sports this is actually starting to happen yeah. more in in regular sports now there's a like a four-on-four football league where Terrell Owens plays, and I think Ice Cube is like one of the coaches. They just started a three-on-three hockey league that is all made up of all old stars from the NHL players who have just like mm-hmm. retired but were really good. So you're starting to see this. The PGA has done it forever. It has had the senior tour uh, for golf, and that does make more sense because golf is one of those sports where you don't fall off as drastically as you get older. Like, you can't hit the ball quite as far, but you're still just as good with your irons and your putter. So it has worked with that sport uh, mm-hmm. across the years. Other sports are trying to figure that stuff out. So I, I, could, w- I yeah. could see it happening someday. I would not be surprised if something similar, although maybe not explicitly you know, called out as being that, happens as Street Fighter VI releases yeah. around that. Because I'm sure one of the ways to build hype for that is for Capcom to do some Capcom Pro Tour shit where they bring back all the familiar faces and... yeah have them do exhibition tournaments and stuff like that yeah i could tell totally not, not, not like part of the tour but like we're gonna have a big street fighter 6 tournament and the winner gets you know you pay them but yeah. like i would not be surprised to see you know get wong and and ricky and and everybody back and that'd be fun yeah i'd like to see them all play again yep um question from gohan damn kids out of the top eight <laughs> exactly Question from Gohan. Um, many fighting games are introducing one-button specials. Are many fighting games introducing one-button specials such as Street Fighter Six? Not that I've seen. But we You're haven't really seen a new fighting game be announced recently other than Street yeah. Fighter Six. No, he says many games are. They are. A lot of them are doing that. Oh, so he's addressing the yeah. inaccessibility of in the skill level yeah. needed. Gotcha. Okay. Like that's what I meant by the hand dexterity stuff. Like there's they're bringing in more one-button things. If you can't do the complex mo- movements, you know, because it's. 
you know, the, the, finally kind of the community is coming around to the idea that, like, it's not as important that you can do the, the complex, you know, move to get the move out, you know, like joystick moves. It's more important that you know how to use that move. Because mm-hmm. if, if someone knows how to do a Shoryuken, it doesn't mean they're going to use it properly. In fact, doing a bad time, badly timed Shoryuken is one of the best ways to get yourself killed. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's much more important that you know how to use it than that you can, that you can know Actually how to do it. Actually pull it off. Yeah. yeah. So I think that is a good, a good move. Yeah, I'm all for it. And I'm always going to use the more, you know, complicated input because for the most part, I find that that makes me feel like I have more control over what's happening. Well, yeah, it, that's how, where your, ti- your muscle memory and your yeah. timing comes from. Absolutely. If someone wants to just hit a button and throw a fireball, that's not going to hurt me. No big deal. Yep. Because you can do it as if you're just pushing a button yeah, anyway. It's, it's, a, it's like breathing to me. So yep. it's, it's, it, and if someone's never going to get there, I mean, look, I've had 30 years head start on that. So that's not, you know, yeah. to some degree, it's not fair. Yeah. Uh, Gohan Rage says, Gamescom is later this month, isn't it? Yes, it is. In yep. fact, it's like August 25th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll be covering that here. That'll give us some uh, content for Game Face. And we're, believe me, we'll take it wherever we can get it right now. Uh, but yes, uh, Gamescom is coming up pretty soon in Germany. Um, one last question. Commander Fett, when do you think games will stop getting delayed? And do you think a hard date should be given? I think as far as you're talking about this year, I think that's it. There's, I don't think there's anything left to be delayed at mm-hmm. this point. I mean, I don't want to jinx anything. Oh, I'm but. sure there's plenty of stuff that's been pushed to Q1 that'll drop to Q2 or Q3. Maybe. Um, but all any of big games left for this year, I think we're good now. I think yeah, I don't see any, I don't out. see anything else this year big getting pushed out. Except, I mean, the Callisto Protocol could could slip to Q1. Yeah, um, that's probably the one that's in danger. I yeah. guess. Yeah. But otherwise, but I think, I'm pretty sure. I think God of War and Pokemon are rock solid. Saints Row, we would have known by now. Yeah. Um, Sonic maybe should, but it, it doesn't apparently, sound like apparently it. hell or high water Sega with that seems one. Seems to be and it sounds like it sounds like Gotham Knights is coming, whether we like it or not. So here yeah. we are. Yep. It's not a great rest of the year. <laughs> you canceled the wrong Batgirl project. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yep. Uh, okay, that's gonna do it for Game Face Three Eleven right in the middle of hot boy summer that without matt and i would not exist let's just get something straight um we'll be back next tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash sifted games we're here every tuesday at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern so if you're someone who's watching on youtube or listening to the show on any of the podcast services and the show is on all of them uh, if you're one of those people and you don't want to wait for the full delay show up and watch it with everybody else with our great community on twitch um, if you do want to support us and you got money and you're down with it, head to patreon.com slash sifted. You can pledge whatever you want. You can pledge a dollar, a billion dollars, whatever. Um, if you want all our content early, you do have to pledge $4 a month or more. Uh, but that's kind of been the way it always has been. If you just want Pactor Factor, you can pledge just $2. Or if you want to get Pactor Factor free and you want to help us out for free, you can hook it up with Twitch Prime. It's what we're talking about all the way through the show. People are doing it live, um, but you can do it whenever you want. And basically it's a a service if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber where you can give us a free $2.50 every month just by connecting your accounts and then going to twitch.tv slash siftedgames and choosing the free subscription from the purple dropdown on the right. It's very easy. It sounds way more complicated than it really is. And we'd really appreciate it. And in fact, if you're... A patron, you can do that as well and give us an extra couple of bucks if you want to. We'd appreciate it very much. Uh, so, Matt, I'll start as soon as I get home trying to put together a show for next week. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it takes. It takes a six-day effort now to get shows together for you guys. But 
Better hope a bunch of weird news breaks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I think we're still putting together like good shows for you guys somehow, some way. I think us and everybody else is just managing to do it. Because uh, I think a lot of it is that we've been doing it a long time. So anyway. If all else fails, you could just do like 15 name that games in a row. That's true. <laughs> and people might like that more than the actual podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it works out. You guys do love name that game. Even though you crush it every single time. All right, guys and girls. Thanks again for all your support, man. All I our work patrons. out a streaming situation here and I could just beat you in some fighting game all day. <laughs> and you would beat yeah. me all day long. I'd be lucky to win like one round. Um but anyway, I do want to say thanks to all the people who pledged at our Patreon. You guys are amazing. Without you guys, this would have ended a long time ago. We wouldn't be doing Game Face. Uh, thanks to people who are subscribing. We still have a gaggle of people who are subscribing through our old site uh, subscription model. Those of you who are doing Twitch Prime, we appreciate all of it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.